How happy is the blameless Vestal's lot, the world forgetting by the world forgot, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, each prayer accepted and each wish resigned. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. And welcome to 250, your weekly slash fortnightly podcast exploring the ITV's top 250 movies of all time. But this is a very special episode. It's a Valentine's Day episode. Ooh! And what we thought we might do is we might do something a bit different. Something about the pursuit of life, love, and the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. But also, I think we talked about this, the origins of the podcast before on here. But one of the things that, that sort of the podcast developed into what it was, was Andrew initially wanted to do a podcast. And he wanted to do a podcast with me. Well, I think you're, I think you're, you're, you're underselling it. Um, I think I'm overselling. I make it sound the, like you're the, like Darren. I need you to do a podcast. Well, with me. maybe underselling is is not the right word. I think I think I think there. I was thinking about this as I was as I was outside having some fresh air and nicotine, and I I thought about the reason we started the podcast, and it reminded me of another podcast the, the, called The Worst Idea of All Time, where two 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 friends decided that they wanted to spend more time together as 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 friends and do so through a podcast and and that's that 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 the that the pod that the podcast itself would be one of the worst ideas of all time but that friendship would triumph <laughs> would overall. be the best idea if of i remember all time. correctly is this the adam sandler podcast the grown-ups podcast uh, grown-ups 2 was series one okay um sex in the city sex two. in the city 2 was season two and it's a uh, third season is uh we are your friends with zac efron which is actually a better movie than other either of the two choices yeah it's just, it's a it's a it's a, it, they they've spoken a lot about that about how it's a strange choice yeah um in that but it... i mean in in fairness it's not difficult to be better than the first two no it's not really but anyway, so Andrew wanted to do a podcast. He, when we sort of discussed it, I thought like Andrew. I wanted your friendship, Darren. I wanted us to bicker like a married couple. I wanted passive aggressiveness and and sort of. Uh... Yeah, that's how our friendship works. Yeah. It's 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 much more like the 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 relationship between um, Joel and uh, Clementine, Mike 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 Mitchell and Nick Weiger. Okay, or we Joel went different and Clementine. directions. We went different um, directions. Rather, rather rather than the relationship between. Um, Tim Bats and ba 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 name is blanking. You know the guy. You don't know the guy. No, I I'm don't. Gonna, know the I'm guys. gonna I'm gonna plug two podcasts. I know this is not the plug section. No, go for it. Uh, the worst idea of all time, which is a movie about um, our podcast about the two guys. Well, yeah, yeah. sorry, which it's, we talked about. I, 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 I got that mixed up. It's a podcast about um, watching a movie, the same movie, um, every week time. for a, for an entire year. Yeah. Um, some 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 sometimes twice in a row. Yeah, the other podcast that I mentioned, the hosts of, is one that I've mentioned before on this podcast. I think it might have been the first episode, was Doughboys. All right, then. Uh, but anyway, so Andrew proposed that I, I propose anyway. movies. Uh, I propose we, we do a movie podcast because I figured that if Andrew knows about podcasting, it should maybe I should be able to contribute something to this. That's what Darren thought. <laughs> but, it turns uh, out that Darren had to do all of the work himself. But uh, one of the ideas that we jotted around that we sort of we, when we threw around we had a whole host of ideas. Some of them were great, some of them were terrible. One of the so ideas, all of them were great, Darren. <laughs> every single one of them. But one of the ones that we sort of threw around that we were interested in, or that Andrew sort of suggested, uh, was 
great idea. It was a great idea. It was basically, it came to us in a dream. It was like, what if we did a podcast that was like Sex in the City, but for men? And I, I think I we, came up we, with a catchy we, title. With, with a twist. Well, I came up with a catchy title, which was Two Guys Die Alone. Two Guys Die Alone. It would, it would be about two single men in the city n- never finding love and happiness. No. Um, but, Less but, comedy, but, more of a tragedy. Yeah, but still, still, still going on dates. Um, uh, Getting perhaps having, perhaps even having girlfriends from time to time. Yeah, this was supposed to be the long term arc that was planned. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe even having marriages and divorces. Yeah, but um, we did. We mapped we would out. We work whole, that stuff out. We had a whole we six along. season plan yeah, mapped yeah, out. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, so I sort of vetoed that um, <laughs> because in, in, <laughs> Darren, Darren can be. I I I don't know how well I'm I'm comfortable enough saying it. Da- Darren can be somewhat reticent, somewhat taciturn. I don't know is that is, is that um, safe to say? It is. I'm I'm quite like uh, to bring this back to the movie that we're talking about. It's it's that moment where Joel's talking with Clementine. She's like, "You're always he's you're always talking, but you're never communicating." I feel like I'm very good at talking. I'm I'm not so good at communicating. You're not good at talking, though. <laughs> you constantly <laughs> stutter. And, um, if, if, and if, I, cer- cer- certain things are off limits with Darren. There as, are. As, as, and, as, as in, um, well, you probably like, cer- cer- certain subjects. You're like, ah, yeah, yeah, um, okay. But no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. no, but, but no. no but it's yeah, one of my yeah, favorite, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I'm very good at sort of deflecting stuff. That yeah. was sort of my concern if we were going to do a podcast like that, that it would consist of, like, Andrew... Uh, going being out very the, open Andrew going out the world being very adventurous being very open being very talkative about these personal aspects of himself and I would mostly be sitting there going yeah no but maybe <laughs> I can sort of see what you're getting at there I, I... I think that would be an interesting dynamic <laughs> this is this is what this uh, um, podcast is going to be I think it's the yeah. it's the first um, inaugural episode of two guys die alone it is welcome so, um, for all those people who clicked in listening for us to discuss <laughs> eternal sunshine's book one. No, I figured it was Valentine's Day. I figured. Well, we will. We will. I love you very much, Andrew. <laughs> uh, being totally taciturn, that and I figured this doesn't is my... make me feel good. No, not inside. <laughs> um, and I figured Valentine's Day gift, perfect gift, would be to give you that first episode of the podcast because I did promise at some point we would do it, <laughs> and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> And it's going to be awful, and I'm not going to contribute in any way, shape, or form beyond but a grunt least or a nod. You're there, but you I'm know? there. I'm like, like I'm, yeah. I'm you're, like, uh, I'm like the you're guy, like Casey, Casey, Casey Affleck, Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, I'm not going to say nothing. Yeah, but I'm going to sit here until I know you're, you're gonna, okay. Yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna stand there and not talk while yeah. while, while while I work through drama. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to you want me to throw away the chicken? What, what do you want me to do here? Um, but no. So. And there's that verbal tick again. We decided we want to do a Valentine's Day special because we've done a Christmas special, we've done a Halloween special, we might do a St. Patrick's Day special, we might do a special in April for the greatest movie of all time. We're, we're mulling things over at the, at the moment. Yeah, we, we missed the Australia Day special. We did, and the Chinese Because Australians don't have any uh, cultural exports. That are worth discussing. No. Um, uh, but <laughs> I th- Thanks, by the way, Mel Gibson, for Hacksaw Ridge. I feel like that came out around Australia Day. So yeah, we. Could... I, I'm I'm messing, by the way. I I I I I I have many Australian friends. That, that, that sounds like one of those. Yeah. Yeah, you... it makes it okay for you to denigrate Australian culture. Some of my best friends are Australian. Um, but let's 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 sort of talk about this then, because we we suggested we do Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I think there was like a 
a reason for that, Andrew? What was the reason for wanting to discuss? Like, there are so many romantic movies in the in the two fifty. Yeah, everything from Groundhog Day to Casablanca, for example. Um, there's it, all the cold black hearts that we are. We hadn't even considered recording a podcast for this Hallmark holiday, and and that's uh, obviously obviously a, a a reference to the movie, but also a reference to reality. <laughs> um, the, it's like the, like Joel in the opening like scene. Like Joel talks, in the opening scene talks about yeah. how it's uh, Valentine's Day is designed to sell cards. Yeah, yeah. which is and also, that's in the first fifteen minutes. So it is indeed. So we're not spoiling. It. Yeah, yeah. So um, is that the rule? What if, what if the movie is a short? We have no, we have no rules. So use your best judgment. <laughs> I was just thinking, what, what's the what's the what's the, what are the rules of the two fifty? First yeah. rule, there are no rules. rules. Yeah. Second rule, you Dad. talk about it. Yeah. Third, third <laughs> tell rule. people about it. Third rule is you never ask Darren a personal question. Um, <laughs> But, no. but uh, yeah, so the 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 context of this was we weren't going to have a Valentine's Day episode. I a uh, uh, ex girlfriend of mine who who I was um, together with at the time suggested, why don't you do a Valentine's Day episode? And I thought that's a brilliant idea. And and then I said it to Darren. I said we should do a Valentine's Day episode. My 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 girlfriend has suggested it. He was like, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a great idea. She also suggested the movie that we cover, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, it was a great suggestion. It is a great movie. Uh, we both love it very much without getting sort of too spoilery about it. No. But uh, yeah, the original plan I think was you wanted to do it as a double date. Which I did. I thought I thought <laughs> that would add add an interesting wrinkle to it. And I think my my hubris. You may has been a... has been um per 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 perhaps um res, re, responded to by the universe because it is it's the, a greek tragedy it's a it classic is, greek it is, tragedy it it's is. agamemnon basically is <laughs> um, what we live, we're because, living in. because i yeah my my whole my whole attack was like darren it's fine you'll be able to get a date <laughs> i mean obviously i have a date because yeah, I'm have... awesome and well adjusted. Yeah, 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 and 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 have a girlfriend and all that. So I'll bring my girlfriend, and you bring a date. It'll be easy peasy. You've got a week. Yeah. Uh, what have you done today? Yeah. How many people? I think at one point many, you asked me how, how many, many women how... have I asked, and the answer was three. By the way, just just to be clear on that. Three, not enough. Not nearly enough. Uh, by the way, we watched the movie in my house, which yeah. is maybe not the best first date place to go. By the way, hey baby, would you like to come over to my house and watch uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and yeah. maybe record a podcast? I own the house. It's not a rental, so yeah. I can't butcher you in there and keep you in the fridge. No wait, wait. Surely, surely, I'm surely that's more likely if I own the house. Well, no, no. The the if 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 you're going to murder somebody, it needs to be like an Airbnb or something oh, like okay. that. Because right, you don't what, want to drive down your own property value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, uh, what 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 you need to do basically is find, I guess, a derelict house and make it up so it looks like you live there, and then and then and then once 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 you're finished, just kind of like. Yeah, this this probably sounds sounds like a weird rabbit hole to go down. It does. After, uh, we are wondering why Darren <laughs> is not going to be very talkative on this podcast. <laughs> oh uh, no, no. This this that that, that I, I wonder I wonder I wonder if the people listening are wondering is Andrew okay? <laughs> is Andrew well adjusted? No, is the answer. <laughs> Andrew is never okay. No, you're great. You're great. You're, everything is good. 
everything this is, is good. Everything is awesome. This is yeah. this is yeah. This yeah, is why yeah. Darren would make a terrible this counselor. Be, or yeah, my my I'm, reaction to things is 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 to make jokes and try to laugh. What deflect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very very good. <laughs> I mostly just sit there. It's very good. It's a great way. It's, it's, avoidance. It's it's a great tactic. Yeah, we were talking about this beforehand. I think you could do with more avoidance in your life. I, I think you don't avoid I, enough. I think I'm the best at avoiding. I. That's I, a football I, reference. It is, yes. Jose Mourinho? Yes, Darren. Yay! Good, good. Yeah, Dar- Darren's becoming so rounded. Yeah. I, I, I keep deflecting. But, you do but... keep deflecting. And tangents. <laughs> tangents are also Tangents good. and deflection. It's my job to keep you on point because I'm doing a terrible job. <laughs> the the, the, yeah. t- the three weapons of the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> um. All right, let, let's, let's get a little bit on point here, Andrew. Yeah, so we decided basically that we would do it anyway. Uh, that we would sort of, we talk, we watch Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, as two sadly single men. Yeah, yeah, which, of, which was the idea all along. That was what you were planning. That was yeah. what Andrew was going for. Yeah. Um, yeah so Andrew, Andrew's hubris may have struck him. Uh, yes. And we yeah. May have yeah. Been, it was like, up. hey, uh, still, still up for uh, recording. It's like, oh, 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 uh, oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, we're we're broken up now. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awkward conversation. No, no, that that that, that there 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 wasn't any such conversation. Yeah. Ba- and and to be clear, I feel like we should be clear on this. Oh, um, yeah. we've, we've talked with your ex about talking about this on the air like i i, yeah, I feel like yeah, it's important yeah. to be clear that yeah it's not yeah, being yeah. talked about without exactly about it, right? exactly ba- ba- basically um because that would be one of my one of the things i would have been course, on like doing the because because the, the 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 worry i had was that say if people heard this they might think god your man is really really uh embittered and 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 like resentful that he's talking about that it's actually not like that it's it's um it was what it was 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 a lovely brief relationship that I had, and, and, it was, it, and yeah, and it was the it was the context for 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 why we're recording um this episode, and yeah. and 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 it's and it's interesting I think as well that the, the movie that the, itself in some ways sort of yeah yeah and that and that the and that the context is different now from from when it was when it was first proposed. No, it is, and I mean that's. That's life, you know. That's yeah, sort of yeah. like this constantly changing stream of like cause and events, and where things take on different meanings than we intend them to have, you know. Yeah, uh, which is, is is beautiful. Like, I mean, I suspect even like watching Eternal Sunshine, the Spotless Mind, uh, we've seen it before. Like, we've both seen it before. I suspect because you've talked yeah. about loving it, I've talked about loving it. Yeah, I suspect even watching it now when we are both like approaching. Well, I'm approaching thirty, or you're past thirty, right? Do you know what I what I thought the other day watching a movie? Watching a movie that we that we won't name, where there was a character as as a child perhaps like 10 yeah. 11 and there were flip phones and it was perhaps like 1998 maybe 2001 somewhere there yeah and then and then there were a teen they were a teenager you know thing, thing, things had come on a bit and then they were maybe around 30 perhaps a little younger and i remember thinking this is the first coming of age movie where with, with epilapses where 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 I'm the same age as, as the 30-year-old guy yeah. who uh, it's like that that's that's shocking uh, this did not used to happen yeah. I as soon I'll be watching like Shawshank Redemption and I'll be the age <laughs> of Morgan Freeman when he end. gets out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because it it's very disconcerting to watch these these films that you've... And I think it happens when you watch certain films that you identify with different characters as you get older. 
Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that you sort of, as you age, you take on a sort of a different perspective. And films sort of change meaning almost, yeah. you know? I mean, like, there are obvious examples. Like, I think, like, for example, I think Fight Club is, is a different film now than it was when it first came out. Yeah. And it's something that I feel sort of almost embarrassed at how much I loved it when it came out. Yeah. And now as, as an adult, I sort of cringe at it going, that's such a teenager film. I know? think we spoke briefly about how Darren and our friend Kieran and I had watched Chasing Amy in a oh, kind yeah. of a movie marathon. Yeah. And I think we all enjoyed it at the time. Yeah. And we must have been in our mid-teens does not stand up to the same extent for oh, me I anyway seen, i haven't seen it in years i quite like yeah. the last time and I watched even, it. although i even, now it's flawed like even something like office space and that's weird because it's a movie that's meant to be about adults uh, about adults but it, it 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 seems to be written from a kind of uh juvenile standpoint as yeah. in maybe somebody and that's perhaps the case maybe somebody who was 18 19 or in his early 20s was working in it. an office yeah uh, kind of talk, talking about what it's like to essentially be a child in 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 in, <laughs> in, in an adult America. space. Yeah, but um, so no, I mean, how has how has Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind changed for you since you first saw it? Is it has it changed? Do you have sort of a different perspective now than you did when you first saw it? Yes, and the reason I know is because recently I was searching my my Gmail for something unrelated to romance and the the keywords that i put in didn't didn't come up i was looking for something recent but instead it went back to 2009 or i i think and i saw a whole string of 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 messages between myself and uh, girlfriends and myself and people i was romantically interested in and and all of that sort of thing. And of course, I, I was kind of curious. So I was like, I wonder, I wonder how I thought about things back then. I wonder how mature I was. Probably pretty mature, right? And I clicked on it. I was like, oh, God. And it was always the same. It was like, well, not always the same. But in a lot of cases, it was because men and women mature at different <laughs> rates. And because the women I was, I was seeing were, 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 the, were the same age as me. So obviously they, they were more emotionally mature, yeah. They were, they were very emotionally mature and fair and communicating very well. And I was just failing at every single turn and just being like a complete... I was basically a light of wood, like a, a less, slightly less creepy, slightly more grown up version of a light of wood. And that, do you know? In, in Eternal Sunshine. In Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. To be fair, not in the <laughs> real world. Yeah, not in Elijah Wood, you're on blast. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Elijah Wood's a good friend of the podcast. Um, not anymore, he's not. <laughs> But yeah, Elijah Wood as Patrick, baby boy in Patrick, uh, baby boy, <laughs> um, as he's referred to at one point uh, yeah. in the memories. So, yeah, the the um, coming coming out of a a slightly related tangent. Yeah, the um, I do I looking back, I perhaps don't remember as clearly um, how immature i was but fortunately there are records of how immature i was 
that if 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 I'm ever struggling for a diary, I can just remember. Oh wait, no, there's no need for diaries anymore. All of our thoughts are recorded on Facebook okay. or on Gmail or, or in Twitter for an instant yeah, or, or WhatsApp but, or yeah. Have you have you heard? Um, actually, this is sort of this is sort of related to Eternal Sunshine of the Mind because it, it is it's a science fiction film in many regards. Yeah. Um, in that it, it sort of it looks at as a science fiction film the way that it reminds me of have you seen Black Mirror where it basically yes, yes uses, I have. it uses technology. I, I I had an idea for for a Black Mirror esque. Do you want to draw uh, around the podcast? Uh, do you want to sell Charlie Brooker? Show that, that that you and I were going to do, Darren. I'm going oh, to no, I'm going to no, tease it. No, no, uh, no. Uh, okay. uh, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a body horror, and it's also a little bit like like Darren and I are going to be like the Wachowskis or like the Coens or like those guys who did John Wick. Yeah. But also we're going to be like those guys who did the Human Centipede or the and, Room. Or the room. Why the room? <laughs> Just because it'll be terrible. Yes. Oh, hi, Darren. <laughs> we are all Tommy Wiseau now. So, no, that is not happening. Well, I'll take it to Charlie Brooker and yeah. laugh all the way to the bank. I do like the recurring theme where you are My trying... My spec script... Where Andrew is trying to make money off the podcast just so he can swindle me. It has it has serious thematic uh, richness that I think you're missing because of a lack of imagination. Darren. I know I'm very I, short-sighted. Yeah. But anyway, what I was saying is Eternal Sunshine has that sort of like that science fiction. He used science fiction to comment on the human condition thing. But like some of the technology that you're talking about there, you have you heard about Eternomy? Eternomy. Yeah, Eternomy is a company that no, was I set up not. in 2014, and it is terrifying basically what it does is imagine you had a loved one who passed away yeah and imagine you weren't ready to process that in a way that we probably you have to process it at the moment through yeah grief and through absence right oh no uh, like uh I, I, I don't want to do that yeah so you go to eternity and you say my dad died or my wife died or my girlfriend left me yeah what i would like you to do yeah is i would like you to take their facebook feed their twitter feed their emails, if I have access to them, pour them into an artificial intelligence and create a virtual facsimile of their individual personality that I could interact with. Oh, that's great. That is great and horrifying, isn't it? Oh, like, imagine... I, you're, you're, you're asking me, imagine I'm this, this person. So I'm imagining <laughs> I'm this person. Tell me the more, of, The kind of person who would do this. How, where do I sign? Yeah, you can apparently sign up now for a pilot scheme. But I was yeah. sort of I was th- when you were talking about like the way that we move. See, through... see a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, well, well, uh, we use use the code two fifty for uh, a ten percent discount. But it was because I started looking at it. And I was sort of thinking because when you mentioned that like you were reading emails and you're reading Twitter and you have this sort of like we, it's impossible to walk through the world without leaving a digital footprint these days. Hmm. Like, so it would be impossible to do. So I, actually, even like even ten years are at this stage thirteen years after Eternal Sunshine the Spotless Mind. It yeah. almost seems ridiculous to imagine a world where you could erase somebody's impression from your life so completely because of that digital Which, footprint. That you could also create a person's impression. Yeah. They, they, and I, I hope that they give weighting to recency as well. That that if they, if somebody was to create a version of me that, well, this is this is, this is is how uh, arrogant I am, is to think that, that the kind of person I am now is, is, the best is much you. better than, than the person I was before. Well, I, I think that's an optimistic human condition. You imagine you're a work in progress. Yeah, like You yeah, imagine yeah. that you're, you're I'm, constantly I imagine getting I'll better. probably stop when I die. Okay, yeah, well, that's good. Um, no, no, we create an eternal version of you that can also learn. Oh, good. Because it can learn from its interactions with you back oh. and forth. Uh, yeah, it is terrifying. Eternity. Eternity. Is it terrifying? <laughs> 
Is it terrifying or is it is it right? Isn't all of this terrifying? It is to to the to to a certain kind of person like I, me. I, you. Yeah. Um, I think the Aaron whole is idea afraid of, of the world of, social, of 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 certain kinds of social media are, are terrifying, are terrifying for Darren. And you're not the only one. Like um, they you have the rubber 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 bandits. I, I mean, I don't know who their Facebook friends are. But, but but my Facebook friends aren't making me feel bad about myself. Um, and 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 I think if your if your Facebook feed is making you feel bad about yourself, that's not just a reflection on your Facebook feed. That's a reflection on uh, you as a person. It, it it means that you're suffering from um, some kind of sense of inadequacy that you would perhaps have anyway and find fuel for in the real world if the real world was a place that you chose to inhabit. Oh, yeah, no, no. The, 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 the argument that social media is wrong and bad is the same argument that was made about the steam engine. Or television. Or television. Movies, or, yeah. comic books. Even books originally were seen yeah. as giving people. I don't, I, I, in, like, in in fairness, the argument isn't isn't so simple as to say that uh, social media is bad. No, it's, it's just that it's something new for us to deal with, and it has its own. Well, I mean, this is the um, argument, issues, like, but this, I don't think it's anything new. Well, this is the argument about just science fiction, speculative fiction in general, about like stuff like Eternal Sunshine and say Black Mirror. Yeah, like the the themes of these these movies and these stories are not that the technology itself is inherently bad. Like, it's not as if the ability to wipe memories is inherently bad. It's more that if... Imagine if mankind had the capacity to do things like this. Yeah. They would use them to do things that are not emotionally help- helpful. Yeah. I think eventually we will have the possibility to do much of the things that were previously impossible. I, I, I know that that sounds like a very obvious statement. But I, it's not. It's not just that technologically we'll have the ability to do it. I think uh, regulatory yeah. uh, wise, we we will have the possibility to do things. And do even, you think even, we're mature even enough things to that are. These? I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 don't think that's something that we need to 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 concern ourselves with. Human I, beings are free to do what they want to do. This is a thing that terrifies Darren. It's like yeah. what 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 if I'm walking down the street and somebody jabs me with a needle full of AIDS and it's like, well, well that's going to happen that's anyway. That's a slight exaggeration <laughs> of my uh, consideration. My consideration is more like every time that mankind has made a massive leap forward, it has generally used it to inflict suffering on mankind. What do you love, Darren? Is it television? Movies? Oh yeah, no, no, I think I think, <laughs> I think they're great. I just think you Pizza, need, yeah. wings. They're all all steps forward. At some point somebody looked at a chicken and said you know what I don't need just the breast Dr. Frank what are you doing with that um, buffalo uh, what are you doing with that butter and that hot sauce I'm about to say what do you think buffalo sauce is made of why are you luring that that buffalo never mind never mind okay I'll forget about the buffalo but I'm keeping the butter and the hot sauce yeah we'll just call it buffalo yeah um, you you brought this buffalo to Buffalo New York yeah and now now he's just gonna sit out back and sit in the yard yeah they're gonna think that they call the city after the animal yeah but um my yeah so my my point is i am not as as eager to embrace uh change as you are in this in this respect which is odd because I'm, I'm normally quite a liberal person but part of me you're is, really not there I, 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 totally. <laughs> I mean you're you're so 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 socially liberal um yeah. but 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 also up until up until a point yeah. For you, you, you agree as I do that people should be free to express themselves 
um, sexually and per, perhaps religiously and socially and, and all these sort of things. Yeah. Just so long as they don't harm themselves. Yeah. Andrew's like that last part is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Completely unnecessary. Okay. If you want to harm yourself, go ahead and do it. Okay. Like you're, 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 as long as you're an adult, you can, you can, you can choose uh, how, how you want to live your life. Oh, if, okay. if you break um, the law, you go to prison, obviously. Okay. But um, if, 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 if you want, if I, I'm, I'm very much of the, the, I am a liberal, but I, I also suffer from, from this concerns some, some of my more uh, socialist friends. And I would consider myself a kind of a socialist, but my libertarian leanings have sometimes got me into trouble. <laughs> as, as in like, no, I don't believe that people should have, um, should have guns because guns kill people. And, and, and by the way, the person you kill with a gun is is generally it's generally not yourself, although it can be used for that. But that's not not how it's designed. A gun is designed to be pointed at another person. So why that, that's that's a very different case. All right. You're, Darren is looking at me as if to think as if to say, oh, that's that's not consistent. It is consistent. All right. You don't have to justify yourself to me, Andrew. I was judging eyes. I was more. <laughs> We really are um, getting a, off on tangents. Yeah, and 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 we really are a married couple. This is a half an hour in, and we're not in the spoiler zone. Welcome to the welcome to the. Um, well, to be fair, Eternal Sunshine has a twenty-minute prologue before the opening credits roll. That is true. Uh, yeah. Is, so we're kind of committing to the spirit of the of the film in question. Yeah, by having a longer prologue, <laughs> um, which means when we talk about the film, it's going to be even longer. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought that, that... I'm absolutely one hundred percent for making this a long one. I know Darren is is thinking, no, no, Dear why, God, no, why. Dear God, no! I think this. I think it's. I, I think the podcast should be as long as the podcast um, needs to needs be. to be. Yeah. All right, and I think that's not reason. I think Kellogg was a very short one. Um, and I also do think that yes, this is the Valentine's Day podcast, so you and you yeah. get whatever the you're going to be home all day, crying, <laughs> crying. In the you may as well listen to this podcast, and we'll try and cheer you up, uh, acting <laughs> like an old married couple. <laughs> but anyway, so do we want to? Do we want to actually talk about the film uh, at some point, Andrew? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm being passive aggressive. Is Um, is there anything we want to talk about before we talk about the film? Yeah, loads of stuff. Yeah, go go with it. But I mean, well, first of all, I think we both really like it. Yeah, I think we would both recommend that you watch it if you haven't seen it already. Yes, Um, I think it's it's a fantastic film. It's from the it's from the combination of of, uh, writer Charlie Kaufman and director Michel Gondry, uh, who worked together on Human Nature with uh, Patricia Arquette. Which yes. is very little seen because, um, and Michelle Gondry sort of talked about this at length, because the advertising for it and the publicity for it and the, even stuff like the DVD cover for Human Nature were terrible. But I think it's great. I think it's one of um, one of uh, Kaufman's better uh, screenplays. I don't think it's his best. I would personally, I would take uh, an adaptation above it. I would personally take Anomalisa above it. I take an and please. I correct really me. want to see him and 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 Anamana. Do 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 do. Anamana. Do 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 do. Anamana. Do 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 Anyway, um, and also then, uh, you're gonna correct me on the pronunciation. Anamana. Do 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 do. Sinkadoki. I don't know how to pronounce this as well and i know that i don't know how to pronounce it synedicky since okay the it, one it, star- sound, it, it basically sounds like a like a a native american name of a place in new york yeah 
and it's uh, like, like starring Poughkeepsie. Phil Seymour Hoffman. Is Poughkeepsie? No, maybe Poughkeepsie well, isn't. Poughkeepsie is also very easy to pronounce. Uh, I'm trying to think of places that aren't so easy to pronounce. Winnipesaukee. Okay, I'll give you that. Grand. But um, yeah, so basically those would be, I, I would rank Eternal Sunshine below those. But it is, it's a very beautiful film. It's stunningly well directed. It's very cleverly written. It's got two fantastic central performances and a great supporting cast, actually. The, every and I I would go so far as to say I believe every performance in 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 this movie is is fantastic and that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, we're all the time watching movies where there are great performances and not so great performances. Yeah, and 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 it could be it could be the smallest role. Yeah, but it's noticeable the, because it takes you out of yeah, or the or even the smallest detail of a yeah. role. You know, like an accent, for example. Yeah, pick one example. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I don't know. I, I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's very well put together. Uh, I think it deserves to be on the 250. I think it, it's got Absolutely. its... Absolutely, and I think it deserves to stay there. Yeah, and I think it, it's got... Its reputation has sort of grown over the past couple of years as well because it was a bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah. It uh, was really supposed to release in November 2003, but there were some delays in editing and there's some discussion as to where the blame falls on that, whether it was the writer and the director were like taking longer to edit than they needed. Or whether the studio was worried about the edit and gave them the, the extra time that they needed uh, in order to put it together better. But, uh, yeah, so it is. And it then sort of it arrived. And I think there was a lot of confusion about it. I didn't know what I didn't think people knew what to make of it on release. I think it over the past couple of years has sort of grown. It's like Children of Men, actually. Yeah. It's one of the films that sort of grown in um, stature and sort of grown attention. I think these days even it's considered like a classic romantic. I wouldn't call it a romantic comedy. Uh, but it's a classic romance, I would well, think. Well, it's 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 um. Well, it's wry and it's it's certainly yeah, well observed. Like 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 in, in, uh, ah. Well, like <laughs> all the other Kaufman films, like yeah, even yeah. um being John Malkovich, for example. Yeah. Uh, which is probably was his there most... any involvement from Michel Gondry on that? No, that was Spike Jones. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually, funny actually that that Kaufman works with these former uh, music, music video uh, um, uh, directors. He does. He has. Like Kaufman, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit before we get into this boy zone. But Kaufman is is legitimately like we tend to talk about cinematic auteurs in terms of directors. So we talk about like say um, Alfred Hitchcock. We talk about stuff like say even even modern directors. We talk like Christopher Nolan, for example. Yeah. We don't talk about writers as much, even though uh, they're obviously they are a big part of the process. But they're generally treated as sort of secondary. Like Spielberg only has two writing credits, I believe. Yeah, I mean, the, the... but Kaufman Kaufman is a superstar writer. Like when Kaufman writes a script, it is a Kaufman film as much as it is a Spike Jones film or a Gondry film. But the, like, the sorry, go on. But as I was going to say, like one of the things that is, he has relation. The directors that he works with, or you're talking about how he works with former music video directors like Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry. One of the things that that strikes Kaufman about those relationships is that they tend to treat him as an equal. So, for example, he's not really present while they're filming, but he is present during the editing of the films so he does get a chance to sort of to stitch the film together with the director as a collaborative process and in fact he's talked about how the one film he's written that he's not happy with uh which is uh confessions of a dangerous mind which is actually grand i thought confessions of a dangerous mind was great but it's not as good i would argue it's not as good as i think it's different yeah but 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 I but I think it 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 it, it is a very good movie and it, it's it's just it doesn't have that real kind of Kaufman's uh, stamp on it really yeah. to the extent that the these other movies we're talking about do yeah and well that reason is because Clooney George Clooney that was George Clooney directed that he wanted to put his own stamp on the film and he did not 
engage or collaborate with Kaufman to the extent that Jones or Gondry did, which is why uh, he's to, worked repeatedly. To an extent, I think that's fair enough. I, I, I think the likes of George Clooney, he wanted to make that movie as a statement about him perhaps Being able as to direct. a director. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and there's the old adage about they never built a statue to a committee. Yeah. That that's, um, if, if, if a person has some kind of ambitions for greatness, you can take the, 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 the kind of Napoleon Hill approach of, um, of building a, um, an alliance of, 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 of great minds and, and of, of, of organizing those people. Or, or you can just go full... Um, full dictator. Uh, yeah, yeah. Full kind of Ayn Rand, Howard Rourke sort of... <laughs> yeah. I like... This is probably the only podcast that has compared George Clooney to Ayn Rand. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we're still not in the spoilers. No, we're not. We're talking very generally and very yeah, broadly yeah. about the, the, the collaboration. Because yeah. it is it is a very weird film. But it's a, it's a weird film in, in a lovely way. It's, yeah. It's very clever. It's very well... It's phenomenally well directed. Um, yeah. It really is because there were moments during the film where we were both sort of we were both looking at the film and almost pausing and rewinding shots that we could see everything that was yeah. that was put in there, which is is just it's a great it's a great thing. Actually, here's here's an interesting one. I think that like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was 2004, so it would have been around the time DVDs sort of burst onto the scene in 99 2000. So Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind would have been one of the movies that benefited from the DVD revolution. That it's a film like say Memento, which is is another film yeah. about memory where it helps to go back and to rewatch it and to watch it again and to digest it and even to, to pause it and to rewind or to, to view so it in, in different orders and in, stuff. In a similar way um, to how, for example, Robocop uh, built on the success of, of, of early VHSs. Yeah, and became sort of a hit. Yeah, no, I think it is. And I think the medium is, is part of the message here. Like, I don't even know if that's the case. I no, no, just you're throwing just... in the perfunctory Robocop, Robocop reference. <laughs> for the 250, because it's not <laughs> a 250. To get it out of the way. Yeah, it, it had to come at some point. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at, I was waiting for another opportunity there to talk about, like, uh, European directors in American <laughs> cinema. But uh, your your example works just as well. What I was going to say was, yeah, I think I think that It Turns on the Spotless Mind arriving in 2004 arrived at the right time for DVDs. And I think that it's, it's a film... That not only watches well, it rewatches well as well because it's structured in such a way, without getting too yeah. spoilery, that certain things happen. It's obviously certain elements are, are out of chronology, but certain elements even are foreshadowed and and hinted yeah. at and nodded in a way that makes sense as you're watching them and as they're revealed. But when you watch them again, already knowing it's the reveal, it's rewards. a different kind of yeah. And I think that's a spectacular. It's a testament to the script as written by Kaufman. But also to the direction from Gondry. Like, I think yeah. it, it is a perfect fusion. Like, I don't think Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is entirely a Kaufman film. And I don't think it's entirely a Gondry film. No. I think it is a rare film where it's it's a writer and director who who work almost equally with one yeah. another. And who, I don't think either of them could got to the peak alone. Yeah. That would be what I would say. Because, like, like the, thing, the thing about um, being a writer and the reason, I guess, they don't get as much credit is that they can write a movie and a director can make complete another dog's dinner of it. Yeah. Like, they, it's, 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 it, um, Misha, uh, sorry, uh, Kaufman might not be very happy with how George Clooney uh, took the direction of that movie, but at least he did a competent job. Yeah. I'm sure there are lots of great writers whose, whose, whose work just gets trampled on and they never get any work again because it's yeah. like, what did this guy write? Oh, he wrote that terrible movie. Well, that's movie. a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there are because, I mean, if you look at the blacklist every year, which is yeah. the list of best screenplays, that some very rare... Some aren't so good. Well, no, some of the movies that result from them are not, are not great, I would argue. So, I don't... I, I think... Yeah, anyway. 
Uh, but I, do I think, think some of the scripts themselves aren't very good oh, okay. as well. And I think there is some... And I think Hollywood likes to pat itself on its back about, look at all these gems that we haven't produced. <laughs> it's like, not all gems. Not all, not all great. But I do think, um, and I think that, yeah, this is interesting. We're talking about like film as a director's medium because television is just seen as the opposite. It's a producer and writer's thing because the director is a hired gun. Like the argument that the reason why film is considered a director's medium is because... What happens is the director is typically involved from the very beginning. Like the director in film is involved before the script is written. And he typically manages it through pre-production, through production, through post-production. It's basically his baby and he carries it through. The I script writer the is... producer is the one who, who's who's the first person on, on board, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, they're not tasked to like have no. a, a vision sort of shot for shot. They don't actually have a job. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like in Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy make a movie and Stimpy does all of the work and works himself to like the bone to the point where like his eyes are all bloodshot. Like, Isn't that like, just what he normally looks like? Yeah, well, like it's it. I love I love Ren and Stimpy, but Ren basically is the producer and does does none of the heavy lifting. And then the credits reflect how it's <laughs> this is a Ren movie a Ren made by Ren Films, produced by. <laughs> Yeah, executive yeah. producer consulting yeah. producer associate producer yeah, story yeah, producer yeah. it's like all of these uh, people who are just kind of hangers on with money yeah that I don't know where they got this money but uh, yeah as opposed to television where the director is where it's the opposite where the person who stays on a story from beginning through post-production is generally the executive producer the showrunner who's a writer yeah Whereas in their hand on television the director is the hired gun the director is the guy who's brought in to actually see the production and then the rest of it's overseen by the producer. So I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But I do think it's, it's interesting to look at Kaufman as a, as a writer who does that. And I think that Eternal Sunshine does reflect that. So yeah, we would both recommend it. We both think it's great. Yeah. Uh, and will we sort of segue nicely into the spoiler zone then? Uh, almost 45 minutes into the podcast. Let's. All right, cool. All right, so, Andrew. I mean, what it, would you say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is about? Spoiler zone. Um, <laughs> Sorry, got in there before you. So, um, what do I think this film is about? Well, it's about something that is clearly um, very close um, or important to to people in general. Maybe um, some people less than others, but maybe it's kind of a perennial obsession of mine and perhaps of your own um which 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 is romance relationships memories and remembering and forgetting yeah i guess is is uh what 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 did you think yourself no no it, it definitely is it definitely is a story about like the importance of memory and identity and stuff like that but even this idea of but not romance not romance. Definitely not romance. Um, uh, not relationships. Not relationships. That, that would require you to talk about those those things, yeah. which are themes that I am I'm not particularly. No, I I, I don't. Know. I'm not I'm not particularly comfortable talking about those uh, that aspect of myself on a podcast, Andrew. Um, just so we're clear, this this may have been one of the things that killed two guys die alone in the in the womb. But this is what two guys die alone was going to be. It was going to be me me talking, you not talking, me continuing to talk, yeah. occasionally asking you questions, and you deflecting skillfully. Did you know that the director of photography on this movie actually spent twenty four days before the camera even rolled preparing some mapping of the, out the life? Yeah, yeah, yeah mapping. It's like I didn't know that, Darren. But Did let's you... talk about relationships. <laughs> No, it is. I think, well, okay. Well, first of all, I think that 
fundamentally eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is about mankind's difficulty the difficulty that we have learning from our mistakes like which is is one of those core big themes of of art and of history and of like human existence which is the idea that when something bad happens to us when something horrible happens to us when we get hurt our response is not to acknowledge that hurt or to work through that hurt or to look at that hurt as something that maybe makes us better or stronger or wiser but instead to bury it and to pretend that it didn't happen and to ignore it, to think that the best thing we can do with hurt is to make it go away by repressing it, by pretending it doesn't exist. And in internal social as well as mind, you do that through a very literal science fiction concept of wiping the memory of a loved one from your from your mind. Because let's actually, let's, let's talk about this. Because um, you know where the concept of, of the movie came from. Because... When you know when we were watching it, so and Andrew complains I don't pay enough attention to the credits. I don't acknowledge the work that went into the film. This is uh, this is Darren being, being, being passive very aggressive. passive aggressive. It is. Well, no, because I was watching it as n- I know. Nope. I I when 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 Darren says that that I accuse him of not paying attention to to the credits, I suppose it would be my my point would be that it would be difficult to pay attention to the credits. When the movie is turned off immediately before the credits start rolling. Oh, now who's being passive aggressive, Andrew? I. <laughs> that, that is who. That is, that is who. Uh, but if you were watching the opening credits, you would have noticed that the screenplay credits, right? So the, the credits on the film. Those direct- are the credits they want you to see. Yeah, those are all the important people, Andrew, like produced by Ren. A Ren <laughs> Enterprises film. But it was uh, it was directed by Gondry. It was written by uh, Gondry and Kaufman. Uh, sorry, it was written by Kaufman. But the story came from Gondry Kaufman and an artist named Pierre Bismuth. And uh, apologies, Mr. Bismuth. But basically, the concept for the film came from Pierre Bismuth. He was the guy who came up with the original idea. He put, was, it, put his name in, in, the, in, in, the the, in the show notes so that he gets a Google alert. Yeah, and, and sees it there. But he had the concept, and this is, this is Gondry talking about, and I'm not going to do an awful French accent. I've always been interested in how memories can make us feel good or really hurt us, Gondry continued even though they don't really exist. My friend, the artist Pierre Bismuth, had the concept of sending a card to people mentioning that they'd been erased from the memory of someone they thought they knew. He wanted to study their reaction as part of an art experiment, but he didn't end up doing it. I loved the idea so much that we started to write a story together based on the idea and which Charlie Kaufman developed into a script. So like the genesis of the film was that little card that you see early on in the film where David Cross gives it to Joel. Uh, David Cross is tremendous in this movie. David Cross is great in general, even in Alvin the Chipmunks. But um, Especially Alvin and the Chipmunks. I think that might be... I hope that's what he's remembered for. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> He's on his gravestone. Yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunk movies. Yeah. Also some Arrested Development stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his stand-up comedy specials. But... Uh, that guy from Alvin and the Chipmunks, he was in Arrested Development? Wow, he's got range. Yeah, what else has he done? Yeah. Stand-up, really? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, oh, and he was also a supporting character in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But the idea came from, and by the way, I love, this is the most, like, people wonder why people think that art is pretentious or, like, um, aloof or or why it has sort of a reputation for being difficult. Like, I love the idea that Pear was, well, he didn't follow through on it. He's like, what I want to do is I want to take a bunch of people. I want to send uh, these people... uh... Random cards without any context. Telling them that people they love have decided to have them erased from their memory. And I want to watch their response. Because I think it would be very interesting. Because it would be art. I don't know Um, where that accent is from. (laughs) 
but it, it, it's, it's like kind a, of euro trash yeah it, it's like the parody of like the uh the yeah, european artist like, and it's like you know what you're a terrible person yeah if you tried to do this as part of a psychology experiment you would be disbarred yeah yeah it's like but i am an artist Still a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to do this? Yeah. Oh, it's my art. I, uh, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to slam the door on you now <laughs> yeah. and do not want to see you again. Yeah. I am not going to open any mail that I receive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're an idiot, sir. <laughs> but um, that's where the idea came from, actually. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. So basically, uh, Gondry... He's going to love this he, he really when, he, is gonna, when he gets his, his Google, Google alert. alert. He's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but Gondry sort of decided that he, you know, he wouldn't In do fairness, this. fairness, he didn't go through he with it. He didn't go through with it. Yeah. And it is an interesting concept. And obviously it led to this. So it is an interesting idea. But yeah, it's, it's this idea of like, if you had a traumatic memory, would you get it erased? Like if you had something, something horrible happened to you yeah. and it's like, it's, it's interesting because it's sort of implied, obviously in the film, it's in the context of people who've had bad relationships, but it's also suggested that there are other reasons why you do it. So for example, uh, when Joel is queuing, there's a woman who looks like her dog has died and she yeah. has all the, the, the dog stuff. And it's like, she wants to be forgotten or there's a guy with trophies and it looks like maybe he had a child. Yeah. And I mean, you do sort of like. If you if that technology existed and if you could make that pain go away, yeah, would you choose to do it? Now I think obviously there's a big answer with with relationships. There's obviously a very big reason not to do it, and I think that if you're going to make a movie about relationships, framing it in this way is maybe a little biased. But I think that there is an argument for if you've had something horrible like a child die. I can understand. I don't judge. I don't think it's right to judge somebody who go. If I could forget this pain, I would. This is a masterful <laughs> way of not talking about relationships. Is it masterful, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, because it's like so, 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 so. What kind of memories are they are are they erasing? Say, for example, like if your dog died or, 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 or your, child, or your uh, child. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, okay. Well, we'll talk about relationships in a little bit because I do think relationships is a special case here, right? Because I think that you know, erasing a memory from a relationship is a, is a much more questionable. It's something that I would never condone. Something that I think that when the film suggests it, it obviously says this is a very it's bad become thing. Become a verb, by the way relationship no to eternal sunshine somebody it's like really it's like gone girl like gone girl okay yeah yeah i, I wish i could just eternal sunshine the memory really? of uh, of this person out yeah okay well i mean andrew here's the thing like, something that people say presumably as 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 a means of hyperbole okay you know as opposed to literally doing it yeah, um, yeah i want a lobotomy procedure i want a, a procedure that does brain damage on the equivalent scale of a night of heavy drinking yeah yeah but nothing you'd miss but um Okay, hypothetical hard Tom case. Tom Wilkinson is fantastic. Great like the entire movie. Great and everything cast. in fairness. But yeah. um, Kirsten Dunst is, I would say, I'd say underrated. Dunst is, yeah, Dunst is Usually, a tremendous performer. Who like, is... I mean, maybe she's chosen not to be in as much stuff. But I can't imagine any reason why people wouldn't be throwing her in everything that she could be. Have, she, have you she, seen her in Fargo? No. She's amazing. Well, she's she's great in general, but she's amazing in Fargo. Why haven't I heard as much about Kirsten Dunst lately? I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. And I thought she was a genuine star. Yeah. And um, well, keep mind, I, I've never seen her in was... something that she hasn't been She's been acting since in. she was eight years old. So You're I think... suggesting she's just living on the interest. <laughs> <laughs> of those. She invested that Star Trek and interview with the vampire money very well. Thank you very much. But I think that... No. Star Trek? Yeah. She was Deanna Troy's dead sister. Speaking oh. of repressed memories, which brings us a nice full circle back to... Yeah. Uh, I remember Famke Janssen on, 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 on Star, Star Trek. Trek. All right. Yeah. Before they were famous. Yeah. But here's one of the things. So would you ever 
Uh, just completely hard case. Nothing to do with relationships. And we're going to talk about relationships in a little bit because this is Darren being avoidant. Would you ever think that it's a good idea to have a trauma erased from a person's mind? Like if something horrible happened, would you ever like, would there ever be a situation where you would say it's okay to get that erased? I, I, I can't judge you. Yeah. Or, or well, I think, I, even I think, I think it's a good the idea. important thing, first of all, is that I can't judge in any case. Because it doesn't exist. Well, no, no, that's not why. It's because I don't think it's appropriate. All right. I, I think, I think if, if a person has a trauma, that is their trauma. And it is their choice how, 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 how they wish. While, while I could, as a friend or as a bystander or as um, whatever relationship I have to that person. Or a person, podcaster. Uh, yeah, while, while I could counsel that person in my particular kind of bias towards what, what, what I might do or while I might listen to, 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 to them and what they want to do, the idea that, that um, uh, certain ways of dealing with things should be allowed and encouraged and that some other ways of dealing with things should, should be forbidden okay. is, 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 is a little bit... Andrew is Andrew's coming out as a Satanist. Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. That shall be the extent of the law. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm more like okay. Do I, you think it's ever a good idea, or do except, you think it's ever ex- a reasonable except, idea? Without... Except you're miscategorizing what I'm saying. I know, but 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 that's okay. It's all it's all fun. All right, it's but all love here. It is all love here. We sort of reached the passive aggressive stage. Like oh, we're yeah. working backwards yeah, we, through eternal sunshine. Guys, our friendship has become it's so, so brittle. No, no, no. It's it's we. This podcast has really drawn us together, and what's happened is a lot of friction, a lot of, friction. and not the good kind. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's uh, we're actually we're, been great fun, but <laughs> it it has been tremendous fun. But we're 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 we're, we're, we're from, growing to love and hate each other. Yeah, in equal measure, because that's what that's what relationships are. But. <laughs> Okay, ignoring the fact that should you, shouldn't you, would you ever think it's a healthy thing to do for a person to no, raise No, absolutely not. Okay. I would not think that. Okay, but cool, I, equ- equally, I wouldn't judge I didn't somebody mean to. For, for, okay. for, for, for whatever choice they... Because, I mean, as I said, that's their trauma. And okay. the, 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 people, the, pe- the people who we have... This movie, by the way, isn't, isn't a two-hander. It's it's a movie which focuses on uh, Jim Carrey's character. Yeah, Joe. And I, I, Joe. Yeah, and I think perhaps if this movie was being made today, it might uh, structure the movie in such a way as as to include Clementine as, a bit more. As to include Clementine a bit more. I are I mean maybe I'm being naive, but I feel like these days an audience asks for a little bit more. And and you know what? It's a movie, so like you're only going to get so much in. And I think the movie, the 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 movie, uh, does form Clementine um, very well. Like I think, it, yeah. But it, but there is well, an extent to which a lot of a lot of what we get of Clementine is is, is just memories uh, of of Joel. I mean, there's there's so, one point of the film where where he's like he's trying to tell her um, that you know she shouldn't date Patrick, for example. And one one moment. Um, the the point I was making is 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 that um, we see the movie from Jim Carrey's perspective, yeah. and he suffers from what could be termed buyer's remorse. So his um, reaction to the treatment is, "Oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. I want to reverse this. I want to reverse this. I want to reverse this." What we don't see is the possibility that it is working for some people. 
I I I seem like this 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 um kind of um uh, defender of of the indefensible or or a spokesperson for 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 the fictional company. We 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 only see it from from Joel's perspective. Yeah. And for him it it's it's something that he regrets and yeah. and wants to revert. And I think that in the context in the context of how Eternal Sunshine sort of frames it, which is the idea of forgetting a relationship. Yeah. Like it it's very clearly it's that classic sort of it, it's a very sort of the technology might be science fictiony and and Gondry and Kaufman have talked about how they didn't want to play up the science fiction aspect of of the the film. But the actual basic idea is, is fairly fairly simple, which is like if we those who who do not remember their mistakes are doomed to repeat them. Is this yeah. idea that like our failures and our losses and our suffering, and particularly in relationships with other people, yeah, they're what make us say who we are, and they also well, help us grow, and they also help us become more. I, I and that would, hmm. you wouldn't go that far. I I would disagree. Uh, because 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 we're 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 in the mood for disagreeing. Okay. Um, I would say that there are two perspectives in this movie. Okay. And that neither perspective is entirely espoused or embraced. Yeah. That that's there is there are room for more than one way of 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 seeing the world. One 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 way of seeing the world is that. If we do not um, learn from our mistakes, we are doomed to repeat them. Another perspective of seeing the world is blessed are the forgetful. I think I think it, it's... Kirsten Dunst actually says that at one yeah, point. Yeah. For they get the better even of their blunders. Yeah. And, and there are these two conflicting philosophies. And what, what I think what makes a movie interesting is, 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 is not so much when... When it puts forward one view or another, but when it puts forward the two views and allows them to to vie for it. Now, now you you can say that by the end of the movie we've reached a a, a kind of a conclu- conclusion. I feel like that would be simplistic because I I think a lot of the time when people are having an argument, they think of it in terms of winners and losers as opposed to synthesis. Yeah. Um, and, well, I mean, and and that like as soon as soon as as soon as it's decided that 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 one side is stronger than the other, then we we should forget about whatever the counter argument was. Well, I think like it's interesting that you should say that because isn't that the the quote that or the you know from Barth Beast? I read this thing. I thought you might like it, Andrew. Yeah. Um, that genius is the ability to hold two contrasting ideas in your head at the same time, and maybe that's true of art as well. Like a film that is not necessarily espousing a singular point of view, but is able to encompass multiple points of view yeah. and, and supports multiple interpretations and multiple readings. Yeah. Is is more a work of genius or is more intriguing yeah. or more compelling I think than it's... a film that just is, is a is a monograph or Yeah. I think perhaps before on the podcast I might have expressed it more strongly and perhaps unfairly when I suggested that people who hold strong as opposed to weak positions on 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 things, and I more mean more absolutist. I mean, I mean, yeah, I I I mean strong and weak in the non pejorative sense. A strong position is one that does not bend. Yeah, absolute. Um, and yeah, exactly. As 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 opposed to a balanced or a nuanced view of the world. I I think I think I've said before that though the pe- pe- people who have these absolute notions of how the world works or how the world ought to be are suffering from some kind of issue. 
and and per, perhaps that's an unfair accusation to 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 espouse i i think i think they suffer from a typical mind fallacy to think that the way they think is somehow representative of of the way the, way the, the world, world is, is or yeah. should be but I yeah mean, we're in the spoiler zone so let's let's sort of talk a little bit about the ending then because the ending the ending is is sort of like this this the culmination of this thesis which is that joel clementine has had joel erased from her mind and Joel has had Clementine more or less erased, almost completely erased yeah. in his mind, barring the suggestion to meet her in Minotauk. Um, Montauk. Montauk, apologies. Minnesota would be would be a bit of a... Bit of a commute. Yeah. Bit of a commute. But they meet up, uh, they flirt on the train, and it's actually it's structured very well because you see that in the opening 20 minutes without any context. Yeah. Um, and basically, then it sort of jumps forward. So when you watch it the first time, you wonder, am I seeing the start of their relationship, even though it doesn't match the details where he talks about the beach party? But when you, you rewatch it, it becomes clear that actually you're seeing what happens after he's had his memory erased. Uh, but at the end of the film, Kirsten Dunst's character, who has, has quit after discovering that her own memory was wiped. And, and it's, it's, again, Kaufman's script is delightfully ambiguous, where her boss is like, it was your idea to have the procedure. And then when she's listening back to the tape of, of her interview beforehand, it's like, we agreed that this was the best thing to do. Yeah. Uh, which is, is one of those delightfully small, nice sort of character point of views. All the characters in this film seem fully formed. And, even even and, those, even Clementine. Who's... And fantastically flawed as well. Yeah. And also sympathetic. Yeah. E- even, I think I hinted at it earlier, um, even Patrick, baby boy, was in some ways a sympathetic character. And I'll say why. Okay, lay it on me, Andrew. But, um, I, I, I don't think you can fully sympathize with Patrick um, because of the extent yes, to he's which he's super a creepy. Super creep. And a complete and utter fraud. Um, yeah. but um but anyway they, they, I, they, I like the fact that the fraud is what you're <laughs> not the, not the stealing panties I think, and I think, stealing joel's life i think both darren but um i think you 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 you, you 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 um let, I, I do like his defense when he sold we're, panties. we're gonna like, have a short break where darren and i are gonna have a fist fight yeah. and uh, have a good old-fashioned dublin straightener and it'll just sort of even things out. But I do like I do like when he steals when he, he confesses to stealing her panties. Which, by the way, why would anybody do that? Um, Stan is horrified because oh, he thinks he's in the company of another toxic male. Yeah, and, and he and kind it, of we, is. I, well, yes and no. Stan I I, is, I I feel like Stan is is one of the least flawed characters in this movie. He's in some still ways. pretty flawed. Though. Still pretty flawed. But I uh, mean, well. <laughs> um, there's the, like a minimum threshold of flawedness you need to be a yeah, character in a, the, in a Charles Kaufman film. Yeah, uh, he he. And that's a good, very good point. Actually, there there's no there's no um, no ceiling, but there's a very high floor. Yeah, yeah. There there, <laughs> there there isn't really a pure hero um, in 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 any of these movies that I can think of. Every well, I, everybody is kind of messed up, but they're also. Yeah. Um, Even human, supporting... human beings that we can recognize and feel some sort of an empathy for. The, the re- Even the, the supporting re- characters like David Cross's character, for yeah. example. I'm working on a birdhouse here. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's such. He only an, appears in a couple an, of scenes. He, but... Only in a couple of scenes, but I laughed every single time he opened his mouth because <laughs> it was it was it, it's like this really kind of um, toxic relationship. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's just a, such a inconsiderate, like thoughtless <laughs> person. Yeah. He's like you're you're. Yeah, um, uh, Joel is 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 suffering. 
from um, a, 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 breakup, a, a breakup, a breakup, a really horrible breakup where he essentially like went to to, to Clementine's place of work. And she yeah. pretend- he thinks she pretend- it's like she pretended not to know me. And she was with this guy and they were like and she he was much younger and 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 they like made out and stuff. I don't know. They um. But uh, David Cross's character, do we have a name for him? Um, we can we can have a name for him. To the fact machine. To the fact machine. So we're back from the fact machine. Uh, we've had a fight. Work some a stuff Physical out. confrontation. And the name of the character in this movie that David, David Cross-, Cross plays is Rob Eakin. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's a small detail. Uh, and it sort of speaks to how well Kaufman's scripts are constructed. But I really like even the wordplay in the scenes, like where where Joel is remembering having the discussion about the procedure with the Eakin family. And there's this banging because uh, because Rob Eakin is, is making this birdhouse. He's like, I'm making a birdhouse here. Yeah, and he, and says, it, he, he says it like, what? I'm making a birdhouse. Don't it's you like, ever don't make a, do that now. Don't, don't you ever do make that a birdhouse, here. yeah. Uh, wh- why? What, you're, you're like... <laughs> Like I, he he's such an an an, an, inconsiderate. an annoying inconsiderate character. Even like in, like even, he, in the, he, even the car ride home after Joel first meets Clementine, he's talking about how I didn't crash the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just um, nothing. You, is you ever wonder like what mistake did did that did 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 his <laughs> wife make in her life that she ended up with him, <laughs> and I that think she seemingly can't leave. David Cross is fantastic at playing those he sort really of is. characters. Yeah, and. Uh, um, <laughs> But um, because I like, he sort of reminds me of like a meaner George Costanza in he, general. Like he has he, that sort of quality to him. Yeah, he he sees David Cross is somebody who likes to keep it real. He he he, he like he sees people who are being douchebags and and kind of has it out with 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 them. Whether 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 through his his stand up or whether through actually like confronting people. Uh, whether on Twitter or or in the real world, um, uh, on on things, and I think it's kind of to his credit because I think there aren't enough of those sort of people. But um, it makes him so good at at kind of playing these these sorts of uh, characters in a way. I think. I mean, the the there was a great line where, like, whereas we were saying, jo- Joel is. Um, tear, tearing his heart out and coming to like people who who, who are his friends. his friends and will listen and and Rob isn't it yeah yeah Ro- Rob's reaction is like no does anyone want to have a joint yeah. um, it might help <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't think he cares if it will help or not he's like okay I want a yeah I want to join and anyone else want to join anyone have a joint because I actually I don't have a joint right now but uh, I want one but I want one <laughs> it's but I- like. It feels it feels like a kind of a child, like you're trying to explain something important. It's like, oh, an ice cream. But my mood is, yeah, I might, but my, my, I want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I do like is, sorry, we we're talking about that scene where he's making the birdhouse. Yeah. Uh, and I really like that it goes from while he's making the birdhouse, at the same time, Joel is talking about how Clementine had him deleted on a lark. Yeah. And I was like, wordplay. Hey. Hey. But anyway, we were also. Uh, something in there for. For people for like Darren. Darren. Yeah, which it's is very... There's something re- in there for Daddy. All right, thank oh, you, yes. Andrew. Uh, we, we'll talk about that it's, in a moment. It's Kirsten Dunst in a pair of pyjamas. We'll talk about that, Andrew, in a moment. But we're... we're <laughs> that, that, uh, for listeners of the podcast will know that, that that's uh, a sign 
that we will not be talking about that in a moment. Darren is feeling cr- very creeped out right now. But okay, so let's love talk- that. <laughs> I feel like I can, I can still reach him inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can still I can... make him feel something, uh, which is good for a relationship that's been going this long. Um, but, um, but I mean, let the the ending because we were talking about the ending, right? Which is like Joel has had Clementine um, deleted from his mind, but he still meets up with her and they still flirt, and then. Kirsten Dunst, who has left her job but has taken all the tapes that people made beforehand, has mailed them out. Yeah. And they, they both receive tapes and those tapes are horrible. Those tapes are like oh, they're yeah. outlining what they love but also what they hate. You know, that, you Mostly know that, what they hate. Because it's that, that raw bit after a breakup. Yeah. Where you just, you want a person out of your life and you're like, you I'm focus glad on... I don't experience that. No. Be- because it's I I mean I think part of it, part of it is I, I, I don't think I would get into a relationship with a person that I disliked as much as these two characters dislike each other. Well, I think, I think, hold on now. I think to be fair, they only learn that they dislike each other over the course of the relationship. No, no, I don't think that's the case. I think that's I think very from, much the case. From, well, I mean, I take, take, take well, for the it, argument take, over kids, right? The argument over kids, which is the one that leads directly to the breakup as much as any argument does. They, they, they but, have, they have two relationships down and, and one of them is following their, uh, memories being erased. Yeah. So, so, uh, one moment, the, 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 the relationship has been erased from their consciousness and from yeah. their memory. Any lessons learned from those, uh, from that relationship has has been erased from their yeah. consciousness. Then they meet a second time in in Montauk, and it's 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 very fractious. You can you can see you can see that that there are two people who have an attraction to each other, but also rub each other other up the wrong way entirely. And and that is a certain kind of relationship. And there 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 yeah, are lots I'm, of relationships like that. I'm gonna say you've never like, been in a relationship like that where you've been like the Joel and the Clementine character where it's like you're you're nice, so you're saying I'm nice. I don't need you to I, feel I'm nice. As I've grown older I've decided that I'd rather not. Yeah, I know. Like like it, But it's, keep in mind that Joel and Clementine are people who erase themselves from their minds. They're not emotionally mature individuals. Yeah, but that that's the the, the, the point I was making is is that I feel f- f- fortunate, I guess. Yeah, I hope not, 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 not to have to have it out in in an angry, resentful manner, which, 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 with with an ex girlfriend. Having said that, there's plenty, 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 plen- plenty of ex girlfriends who 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 might 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 feel for example that that they could have it uh, out with me in an angry and resentful manner because i'm not perfect what the point i'm making is i i'm i feel kind of lucky that the 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 that that the people i choose to be in relationships with are people i genuinely like as opposed to people i have a um unaccountable fondness for but essentially okay. don't like 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 that Scroobius Pip and Dan Lesac song don't like you enough to stay uh, love you too much to leave or something along those lines where it's a relationship where two people shouldn't be in a relationship but are infatuated or drawn together by some ineffable force which is what a lot of I think relationships are like before people realize what's good for them and what's bad for them if they do yeah if people do i do i do i think there is yeah i don't know i'm not sure that and this is odd coming from from darren the uh, the taciturn individual but i'm not always convinced that people have reached a level of self-awareness where they are necessarily aware of of what they 
need rather than what they want. If that no, makes of course not. But I, I think at a certain age, I think you, you, you have to ask a person kind of, at what point are you going to, um, to, to, to develop the, um, no, and, and that sounds like I'm, I'm blaming a, per, yeah, a, per, yeah. a person for, for, for having, for, for having like issues around relationships. But the, the, I guess the point I'm making is that, um, as one grows older and I guess is what this movie is about. It's like, as one grows older and fails at relationships and remembers the failure you can you can learn from that failure or you can just repeat the same failures over and over again yeah. and I, I i would be hopeful enough to think that whatever failures i'm making are are new and, and interesting <laughs> and exciting. interesting yeah. and as opposed to old and uh, stale, reruns, yeah. uh, uh, the familiar uh, failures i mean this is one of the things like the ending of eternal sunshine the spotless mind so where they meet up again and where they hear the tapes and it seems like they decide to go out. They decide to try again where, you know, she's like, we'll hate each other and you'll resent me and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, OK, and yeah, it's like, let's try. Do you think it's a happy ending? I think it's an ambivalent ending. Okay. I, I think that the future is a story that is not written. Okay. And and that's that the, the, the there is room in the conclusion of this film for both the hopeful and the for the optimist and the pessimist yeah. to to draw whatever conclusions they choose to as in the pessimist may may say well they're just going to make the same mistakes again and the optimist might say well they've heard you know, the worst again every, every, yeah it's every time uh every time is different it's like um it's like jeff goldblum in jurassic park chaos theory yeah but I mean, well, yeah, because it is it is one of the more interesting discussions around the film. And it's one of the things where Kaufman is actually discussed with with interviews. And he's this is sort of like we're talking about the, the benefits or the strength of Kaufman as a writer, where he's like, you know, where he's saying basically the, the journalist is suggesting that it struck me at the beginning of the film when they encounter a problem, they turn away and run. They do the erasure at the end. They've seen the ugliest and they've heard the ugliest thing they could say to each other, but they're still. And then sort of Kaufman cuts across and says, you know. Well, at that point, they've just known each other for two days. They've known, they've learned that they know each other before and they've heard these terrible things have happened. But at this point, they're kind of infatuated with each other. I'm not sure that if you're infatuated with someone and you're given this piece of information, you may not incorporate it in the way you would after two years of that kind of fighting. Mm. There might not even be, there might even be that kind of romantic, romantic, something kind of romantic about learning that you had this big relationship before. If you're imagining yourself in this future with someone that you just met, the fact that it's stormy can't possibly resonate in the way that it would if you'd actually lived it. I think it's questionable. I, that being said, I think it's a great moment before, in between them, and I wish them well. Yeah, I I think there. I think yeah. I like I was talking about kind of I guess two ways of seeing that. And and, and you can and, see that in the discussion that takes place. Yeah, and and I think I think it's there's there are two ways to 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 think about to to think about the motivation or the uh, thought process of what's happening there. And one of them is that they have heard barely the, um, the laundry the, list the, of the, the laundry list of accusations and all these yeah. things that they are. And, and, and are, are choosing to ignore it because infatuation. Yeah. The second possibility, I think, and the possibility that was more interesting to me, because I I'm I'm not actually mad about the idea of of um, of grown up um, 
teenagers in in movies the 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 second idea that that was more interesting to me was the idea that these people are are not are not being avoidant that that they're that they're that they've recognized these faults i guess um that uh, that the, that the relationship might have or maybe limitations that the relationship might have and are choosing to do it anyway with open eyes rather than closing their eyes to okay it. i would sort of agree more with kaufman there i think that there's a difference between academically recognizing even yourself talking about it which is a very visceral and, and uncanny experience yeah versus actually living it you know like i feel like i do feel like I don't think that Joel and Clementine have a happy ending. I think it's great that the film ends in such a way that you can read it or you can interpret it in either of those two ways. This this podcast is also called Joel and Clementine Die Alone. Yeah, that is two guys, uh, two people die alone. Uh, yeah. Let's not get overly specific. But it is, I do think, I would lean more towards the pessimistic interpretation of the ending. And, you know, the way you, I like the way that you said that you don't like stories about grown-up teenagers yeah, um, we, which a lot of movies are. We just spoke yeah. about Office Space. Yeah, which is a great earlier. example of that. Where it's, for example. Yeah, it's just a, it's a whole lot of fifteen-year-olds who somehow found <laughs> found themselves in with the jobs bodies of fifty-year-olds and yeah. salaries. Yeah, and it's like this sucks. Yeah. I can't possibly imagine doing this every day. Yeah, I just want to sit around and watch TV and eat ice cream like I did when I couldn't look after myself. I have to admit, some days while I'm working, I do think oh, it would be great to Oh, absolutely, yeah. Me. But, like, that's, like <laughs> there, there's so, there are opportunities for doing that in the context of being, being an, an adult. adult as there are some people who decide to completely check out of being an adult. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I mean, um, you you follow, 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 follow your dream and you do you. <laughs> but um, I, it's I not something no- that I, like, as, as much of a child as I am, I'm I'm a person who 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 is for quite a while had had sort of um, a strange ambition to to be an adult um, that 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 I think a lot of people of our generation don't, uh, have, don't have, exactly have the opposite share. almost yeah yeah where it's like I wish I were a child again I wish I were freed of the responsibilities of being aware <laughs> of how horribly screwed this world is yeah 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 exactly. of being burdened well with... I didn't create this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm damn sure not going to live with it. Um, yeah, or deal gonna, with it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bury my head in the sand. Yeah, I'm going to go watch the new Jurassic Park film. Yeah, um, which is a recurring theme of the 250. We're, tra- <laughs> we're I like the fact that for liberals, we, yeah, we're, we're trashing millennials an awful lot. Yeah, yeah, we we the um, probably a number of women's marches that we missed because we were recording a podcast about movies. Yeah, we are. We have we have perfect. We're part of the problem. We have perfect perspective here. So that's sort of like we talked then about generally about the film and, and what, what other themes would you suggest before we want to because I want to talk about the cast a bit. I want to talk about the direction a bit. But like, is there anything else the film's about in sort of like a big, important, all cap sort of way to you? I think there, there, there are things that are only hinted at that aren't fully fleshed out. But that could be that could be considered uh, themes of 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 growing up yeah. or, or of and some of them are, are only ever so slightly touched upon. Like there, there, was, there was something quite early on in the movie where there was this statement about being anxious about not living yeah, life Clement, to the fullest. Clementine confesses she's exactly. anxious about it and then Joel agrees with her. Joel yeah. understands that. And that's a very kind of honest and and and, and open Thing um, to say. Well, I think most people. I think most people, if they're all, well, okay. Um, so maybe some people aren't. Maybe some people are perfectly satisfied that they're living life to the absolute fullest. But I think the part of being. I don't think that's. I think it's part of being a grown up is sort of acknowledging, like, looking at the world and going, "Hey, 
I only have so many thousand days left on this planet. Am yeah. I doing what I want to do? Yeah, I think I think that's a healthy anxiety to have. Yeah, as it as it and um, I don't th- as in let, let let me be clear. Anxiety is both a uh, it means two things. It's 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 a feeling, but it's also a condition. So some somebody can 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 feel anxiety without suffering from anxiety, yeah. right? Yeah. Stress with, 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 yeah. with, with, with stress stress can either be good stress or bad stress. And I think people think of think of stress. Uh, um, it As surprises a, a lot of people that 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 there is that there is a a, a new word for for good stress, which is you stress, because people are very familiar with the term uh, distress that they seem to have even um, just cut the diss off. And yeah. Yeah. And that that's that that stress and distress have been uh, synonymous. Yeah. But you know what? Stress stress is what motivates us. As, well, I mean, as, as, all as, sorts of studies suggest people focus better under stress. Pressure makes diamonds is the cliche. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the idea that yeah, stress focuses us, gives us energy, gives us bursts of power. I mean, obviously, yeah. living under constant stress yeah. positions is terrible. But and uh, you're 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 right. I think a person is is right in a way to feel to feel anxious to some extent about the possibility of not living life to the fullest. Because guess what? You're gonna die. And you're not going to get to Thank do all of, all of the, in the spoilers. Ah, yeah. You're not gonna get to do all of the things that you want to do. If you actually want to live life to the fullest, that anxiety is gonna be there until the point where you run out of energy. And and that's a good thing. Entropy. Yeah. The the, the death of your dreams. Yeah. I, I like it's it's what Steve Jobs, another horrible person, said uh, before he died that he was glad that 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 there was such a thing as as a death, because there is a very real possibility that certain people, the Steve Jobs of this world, may live to a thousand. Steve Jobs, of course, didn't because because he had a terminal illness. But there 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 are some futurists suggesting now that the yeah. first person to live to a thousand has already been born. Yeah. And Steve Jobs' contention was that that is actually a very bad thing. That's a terrifying um, thing. Yeah, be, 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 because it, it's going to like it's going to prolong our like like we complain now about our teenage years lasting for 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 a few decades longer than they used to. <laughs> Um, but um, imagine, imagine, imagine what it's going to be like when, like, you have a midlife crisis when you're 500 years of age. And you're like, what haven't I done yet? Yeah, when at at that point you should you should really have the wisdom to, <laughs> to have to, processed that properly. Yeah, no, but the thing is that you spent the first uh, 250 years just kind yeah. of you know like like you you spent 180 years in school. Then, then you spent thirty years. I don't years think it ages in... proportionally, Andrew. I, I really no, hope you, that... you spent you spent you spent forty years um, studying like ten degrees. Um, you you and uh, and all your masters. I do. I do which, like which 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 took you another fifty years to, I... until you had your PhD, and then you were ready for for the for working the world at the age of two hundred. <laughs> um, but I do like I like your. Uh, I would argue you, that the you big could issue... be three hundred before you have an actual job, like me, for example. I like the idea that Andrew is sort of framing this as an existential crisis, like as if the the big worry about people aging to one thousand is not the fact that it'll be like the zero point one percent of the population, and that will create its own problems. Well, the rest of, rest of us will be dead, Darren. Yeah, we don't have to worry be, about be, midlife crisis because at yeah, the 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 
the, the, there will be the haves and the have-nots. The haves will live to a thousand. The have-nots will die of hunger. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the real question is, are the haves truly happy? Well, I mean, they have nothing to compare themselves to. So, yes. <laughs> okay, fair uh, point. They, they, where, as, as soon as they realize that there are billions of people who are not required because wealth can be created through robotics, then... Um, then, then the culling begins. Exactly. This We're, is a happy Valentine's episode. Exactly. I'm actually really happy tra- Valentine's Day. Yeah. We're all going to die probably yeah, we're, sooner we're rather than We're returning to a sort of... Uh, we're returning to the, the population required for an anarcho-primitivist civilization uh, with, 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 with the only difference that it's going to be shiny and chrome. And it's, it's and you're going to have a midlife crisis yeah, at 500. Every, everybody... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 that's my vision for the future. Vote for Andrew 2020. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about some of the people in this movie? I do, I do, I really do. We've already talked about Kirsten Dunst. Andrew's being super creepy. (laughs) I mean, let's talk about some of the other people in this movie. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. It was great. This would have been around. This would have been around the time he was first emerging as a sort of as a notable actor, right? Presumably, he was doing a lot of notable acting. In 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 uh, in New York, because I believe New York is where he's based. Yeah, I don't know if Mark Ruffalo ever actually Moved did the thing of, of moving out to Los Angeles. We, I, I don't, sus- I don't want to go to the fact machine because I don't want to learn that Mark Ruffalo sold out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like Mark Ruffalo Aww. is one of those people, like like Michael Showalter, yeah. or. Um, are, are yeah who who who've decided that their their spiritual home is New York and they shall not be moved yeah well I mean I do actually when you think about the indie movies that he does a lot of his indie movies do tend to take place in New York like Begin Again for example yeah. or like, even even this one is set in New York for example yeah and I mean he was he came up through the theater scene right I would imagine so yeah, yeah. I mean I mean it's like like certain cer- certain actors do 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 that um, what we're assuming is a Mark Ruffalo move of staying in the city <laughs> with, like to which we, you, they pull a Ruffalo <laughs> we, yeah we, we've just decided that that's what it, he mightn't even be from New York or have ever lived in New York but we've decided that he he's a New York he was born in Wisconsin place. He was born in Wisconsin. He was born in New York. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a New York based <laughs> actor. I asked you not to go to the factory. No, oh, I... no. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he's lived in L.A. all his life since yeah. he moved from Wisconsin. Great. No, no, he isn't. He is a New York based actor. He Grant, currently lives Grant. in New York. And he actually, no, it's just I was looking it up because he... he's, he's doing a Wahlberg. Wahlberg has just decided <laughs> to live in Boston and wait until they shoot another Boston movie. Yeah. And it's about like, brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got things. No, to be fair, he I'm did from play Boston a, here. He, he, did play, he did play a Texan in um, he did play a Texan in Transformers 4 um, <laughs> with a Boston accent. Yeah, we got a saying about messing with people from Texas. That's terrible, Darren. I know. But it's okay, because you're in good company. But, um, no, it's more just that I was thinking, like, Ruffalo's Big Break was actually a Kenneth Lonergan film, which was You Can Count On Me. The the name of the Kenneth Lonergan movie was was Ruffalo's Big Break. Yes. um, It was like Ruffalo Goes to Camp. Um, It was also like (laughs) Ruffalo's Big Break. one of the Ruffalo movies. I used to love them growing up. I feel like there aren't enough. He's gone sort of commercial now. He's sort of... He wants. He's been chasing an Oscar oh, so are, bad. There is like um, uh, Ruffalo leaves Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Ruffalo <laughs> takes to the stage. <laughs> Ruffalo considers moving to Los Angeles, but thinks better of it. Yeah. Ru- <laughs> Ru- 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 Ruffalo. By the way, 
Women where love the, Mark Ruffalo. Where the Ruffalo Rooms was my favourite. Like, I'm, I'm talking about heterosexual women here. Yeah. Love Mark Ruffalo. Oh, he's great. He's like, very approachable. Like, they, they, um, they, I suppose the reason I know this is perhaps that I'm I'm a hairy man. So, like, maybe maybe some of the women I attract are more that way inclined. And Mark Ruffalo is... is he really is, ruffalos yeah. their feathers. Yeah, you're not going to see him uh, do any of the manscaping of a Chris Evans or... A Matthew McConaughey. Uh, no, no, no. He's 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 going to leave a little bit of rug there. And it's a welcome match, <laughs> Something Andrew. to play with. Yeah, it's a welcome match. Yeah. But, uh, no, he's great in this. Uh, and he really is as perhaps the least creepy person in the, pa- in the cast, oh, but still yeah. very creepy. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 number five. Oh, of the five <laughs> yeah. creepiest people. He's, he's, he's like the Hacksaw Ridge. Of, of, <laughs> of, the, of, of the best director. Of the, of, yeah, of the, uh, mo- and the most creepiest go-to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Patrick <laughs> takes the, it by uh, a clean yeah, mile. In ascending order. <laughs> yeah. I like that. We should talk about them in that order then. So, yeah. Uh, but Stan, so, Stan, like Stan, Stan, is, Stan least creepy, I would say. Yes, yes. Um, Although he's still party to it, like he's yeah. like there's that moment where Patrick confesses to stealing Clementine's underwear, and Patrick seems like a decent human being, sort of outraged at it. Also and stoned. The, he, he is and, okay and, in his defense. And, he is stoned. In in like in uh, in also in his defense, I think he he laughs. More not 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 as a means of approval, but as to as, end the conversation. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I'd say that like he he finds um Patrick ridiculous and insane and wrong and creepy and fraudulent and all of the things that he is. And it's also like it's it's a hoot how be, 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 because he he's he like Patrick is just this really annoying guy. Like um we like it's, it's the um, it 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 can it can it can be funny to to have somebody in 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 in, in one's life who who's a Patrick because because nothing you do relatively speaking seems yeah, half as bad yeah, as yeah. Patrick and anything you can say to Patrick would probably be fair I met with approval <laughs> yeah 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 everyone around you would be like yeah yeah you're probably right it's like yeah. hey hey Patrick you're a piece of yeah, or, or more that whatever you do yourself, you can hold yourself to a higher moral standard than Patrick. All right, so if Stan is the least creepy, we'll probably then move up and we'll talk about... Uh... So I would say um, Stan is least creepy, Patrick is most creepy. In between are... Uh... Probably Mary. Mary is like... Because Mary comes over and she basically pilfers Joel's belongings. Yeah. So she's a little creepy. She's like, she uses the privilege of coming into his house to raid his beer and his, his How many people are we going to have in this list? Well, you suggested five, right? Yeah. I would say... Um, uh, well, we're already Tom, um, six. Howard yeah. and um, Joel yeah. should, 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 should be included in that list. Okay, cool. I, I have a contention that... Joel is not such a nice guy. No, Joel there, is not there's, a nice there's, guy. And, and there's, 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 uh, he's just like anybody else in this movie. He's so flawed. Yeah. And like he is and he isn't a nice guy because he is, he's a very insincere, like... He's very passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressive, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. In he, some ways, like manipulative. Like he doesn't, when he wants to have arguments with Clementine... He snipes and he avoids. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, as soon as she reacts, he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm she, sorry. And it's like, you're not sorry because like, you said it. You, you, you said it because you had this on your mind. If, if you weren't, 
if you weren't a coward, you 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 would have just um, like, stated these things and kind of had had, had, had an adult discussion. Yeah, well, it's because it's that that moment where they're at the flea market, which is is you know towards the end of the relationship, where she she wants a baby, and he's like, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, I want a baby. Why can't we talk about it? And he's like, I don't think you make a good mother. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And it's like that's not something you could just casually throw into a conversation. Yeah, that's not like uh, I feel like the bullet point that you should take away from this uh, conversation that we're not having is that you would make a terrible parent. By the yeah, way, this is a there, really nice jacket. There, there, there is a way to have that conversation. And by the way, that scene, that scene was tremendous because, um, as as with a number of scenes, people's faces and and numbers and letters in the background, in the background, and parts of the scenery yeah. are just being wi- wiped out as as the technicians are doing their work erasing yeah. memories. Yeah, it's so stuff like the signage on windows, stuff yeah. like say jackets hanging up, stuff like even people walking in the background, their faces begin to blur. And they sort of vanish between. And the fences just kind of like As disappearing. Like ch- 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 all right, well let's let's talk a bit about the direction actually. Yeah, the, the direction is fantastic. Gondry's amazing. Gondry Incredible. Is a, is a music director. He his first big break was working with Bjork, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if um if anybody has not seen it and likes the music of Bjork, actually, if anybody has not seen it and does not like the music of Bjork, a good way in to the music of Bjork are is the DVD. Um, I imagine it's Blu-ray. I imagine it's probably on some sort of a streaming service at this point of all of her music videos because there is um, Spike Jones music videos for, for Bjork. There are Michelle Gondry music videos. There are Chris Cunningham, who, who we haven't uh, discussed. S- uh, d- d- discussed. And there is a fourth person who we actually have discussed. Fincher. No. Oh. Um I was John Crickfalusi is 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 the person uh, we were thinking of who who's who's um part of the um a, well a huge part of the creative force behind the likes of Ren and Stimpy but also the director of that uh, Bjork music video. Oh, okay. This is this is a plug for that. If you like the movies of Michel Gondry, yeah, check out um, the music videos. If you like the um, uh, I mean you you can you can buy DVDs of. Spike Jones um, music videos. Yeah. You can buy DVDs of Michel Gondry videos, but um, I'd I'd recommend somebody somebody gets a, a the the collection from Bjork because, because you get a wider range of creators working on exactly it. and and it also gives that that continuity of 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 going through a, an artist's uh, back catalog. Okay, cool. No, I do, and I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about like at the turn of the millennium, you had all these music video directors transitioning to film. So you had people like, say, Fincher is probably the best example. Like David Fincher did like George Michael's Freedom Ninety video. He did David Bowie's The Heart's Filthy Lesson. He did a bunch of Nine Inch Nails stuff as well. Um, but you had sort of at the at that point in time, you had this idea that a film director, perhaps it was because film was such was switching to digital and because editing was becoming more of a thing like you have more cuts per minute or whatever um that you had this sort of music video style of, of narrative storytelling happening and i think you can sort of see that with internal social the spotless mind because it's beautifully and impeccably directed but everything in it is so stylish and so smooth and everything moves so carefully like it's a it's a movie like that has a concept that would be very easy to mess up but Gondry moves through it effortlessly, whether it's like Joel looking at himself getting the procedure, which is something that when you try and explain it, 
is something that's very difficult to explain using words but in terms of like positioning the camera positioning the actors and mm. constructing the shots Gondry can communicate that very effectively and very non-verbally because he's used to working in a medium which is music videos where you have that three minutes in which you need to communicate separate to the music and lyrics that are being delivered over the image yeah and I, I think and that he, that, yeah. that a, sort of style is, is works very well he is a genuine um, creative yeah, which which is which is what corporate people call um, artists, artists. Yeah, that he he is he is a creative because he has an imagination and an eye and an ability to to take the um, objects of his imagination and make them into and render um, them real. Yeah, exactly. Which it, is- it's it's. It's an incredible um, gift. talent. Yeah. yeah, I think that sort of around the like the end of the nineties, start of the the new millennium, you had that sort of style. And I wonder, like, part of me wonders, is it like a reflection of like a general? Is it that technology sort of got to the stage where you could do these things easier with CGI and with sort of like the ability to to shoot on digital as opposed to shooting on film? Or is it that like it was more thematic sort of stuff? Like at the end of the nineties, the turn of the millennium, like there was this sort of social angst or this sort of identity crisis, or this sort of post interest with postmodernism in popular culture. Would say the Simpsons, or would say the X Files, or would say like breakout movies like The Matrix or Dark City or stuff like that. Was it that at the turn of the millennium we were more open to mainstream accessible cinema, like not not the fringes, not the art house that was doing stuff like the long takes in or the the scene constructions in eternal sunshine which are, are more abstract or more um sort of ridiculous or impressionist um than sort of literal uh or, yeah. or more sort of and i do wonder if if the influx of music directors into film direction was a, an answer to that that general impulse or whether it was in some ways a cause or whether the, it's impossible to divine because the two things happen simultaneously or even if they're not related at all and Darren's just sort of extrapolating trends where he, they don't really exist. Well, I, I, I suppose... I, I, I don't know whether, whether, whether it comes from a zeitgeist the 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 thing I do know and and I the 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 re, the reason the reason I would tend not to think that it is something that's coming from the collective consciousness is that the this this is a this is something that characterizes uh, Michel Gondry movies yeah and you could argue that this is something that characterizes uh, Spike, Spike Jones, Jones huh? movies yeah. but I don't think I don't. I don't necessarily see see it see it as a trend in movies. I think that's what makes these these directors special. Is not that they have captured a trend or that they have um, started some kind of. A, I think it's their uniqueness and and their their okay. kind of counter cultural value rather okay. rather than any kind of um, cultural. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 The 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 um. Cause I I mean a a lot of the kind of art direction would be familiar to people who've seen the Science of Sleep, which 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 was a less successful movie. Yeah. What what will not be familiar to you is the great writing, um, <laughs> the, the, yeah. which of course was done by Charlie Kaufman in 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 the case of Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Yeah. And by some. French artist presumably (laughs) (laughs) is uh, we're going to make this movie about dreams and it's going to be uh, you know an exploration and I haven't really worked it out Uh, it's just going to be lots of terrible people and uh, (laughs) but um, (laughs) oh wait so you think it's just I do beg your pardon 
of it's just a matter of the right directors and the right scripts landing at the right time as opposed to it being like we are ready for this yeah yeah okay as opposed to like corporate like corporate hollywood being like yeah let's give these guys some money because yeah. they look like we can trust them or because we think that people are into that sort of thing now because the matrix did well um, I I hope I hope the the the, the French artist has listened to the very end I of this apologize. podcast. I really apologize. <laughs> you apologize on behalf of Andrew, yes. who's 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 unapologetic and rude. Um, but anyway, so let's actually well, we'll talk about Joe, right? Let's talk about Jim Carrey a bit because like this is one of the famous Jim Carrey dramatic turns. Yeah, and I actually I am probably alone in this. And I think Jim Carrey is a tremendous dramatic actor. I think he's really phenomenal. You're alone in what? In thinking that Jim Carrey is a tremendous dramatic actor. You're the only person who thinks that. I don't think I'm the only person who thinks that, but I think it's a minority so, opinion. So you're not alone. No, I'm, Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> you're not alone, Darren. You're not alone. I have a, hot, on this I have a hot take. I, yeah. I think Jim Carrey is a good actor. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you think Jim Carrey's a... <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, cool. I think lots of people think he's a good actor. I think he was a, a, nominated for an Oscar. No. For no, he wasn't nominated no. for an Oscar. Well, I think he was. Well, in that this he is... was in the discussion, wasn't he? No, he was. People were people saw it as a for snub. Man on the Moon. People saw it as a snub that he never got an Oscar nomination for Man on the Moon for the Truman Show. For yeah, this. and I don't think they felt it, that or it was even a the snub Majestic. in the same ex- <laughs> um, in the same way that they thought it, it was a snub not to include Ryan Reynolds. I, th- I no, I, like a genuine snub. Yeah, um, in like a not a this would be nice, but this is dessert work that actually does yeah. be recognized. For when when you consider like when. When what the Oscars sometimes do is they reward, um, almost in a in a, um, in a Japanese aesthetic, is that something is um is aesthetically worthwhile when um you've taken time to create it for for and well, I mean not 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 there 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 are lots of different elements of 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 Japanese aesthetics that are that are. That are different to 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 Western aesthetics, but I think sometimes those things are taken into account because because this is a world where we have um, access to all of these different ways of of judging of judging art. Yeah. Um, is that say for example, Boyhood? Yeah. It took what fourteen years to make. Yeah. Did did it win the Best Picture Oscar? Yeah, I believe it did. It did not. It went to actually, I believe it went to Birdman. Which was what eight. did it, it won Best Director, didn't it? Because it, nope. it did what? Nope. What did it win? Best Supporting Actor for uh, what? Patricia Arquette. That's insane. They spent fourteen. Well, that I guess that shows that the Academy Awards aren't awarded in Japan. <laughs> where, where, well, to be fair, hold where, on. Now. Where, like, you want to talk about technical accomplishment? Birdman was like designed to make like to look like it was taken in one take. So it was also like it was very much. I'm it not was talking a technical... about technical accomplishments. I'm okay. talking about the like, sheer uh, agony of making yeah, something. Yeah, which 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 is why uh, the argument that people would make for Jim Carrey, and 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 I don't think it's an argument that we're that familiar with as Western audiences. That look look at the amount of like they they say it a lot about uh, Christian Bale, where he puts on weight or loses weight. For as far as I'm concerned, big deal. You're 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 like you're a good actor. You 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 have executive control of what goes in and out of your body. Um, so we we all do. Um, Jim Carrey, on the other hand, um, made like created. Um, like did did you hear the story about Jim Carrey um getting Man on the Moon? Go for it. So Man on the Moon is is a movie for for 
for people who don't know about um, Andy another Kaufman. Another Kaufman, yes. Yeah, another not Kaufman. related. No, not 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 related. Andy Kaufman was an actor and a comedian and, and an artist. Some might argue. Yeah. Into, like, in, oh, in absolutely. Sense of, like, and artist. and an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. So Jim Carrey was was in the conversation. Well, wanted to to play Andy Kaufman for obvious reasons because Jim Carrey has isn't it, as is a, as a it, comedian has yeah sort of has a huge admiration and, a, and had even one yeah, might say, yeah to 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 Andy Kaufman and and his legacy. Um, I believe he was f- friends with an actor. I don't know if it was Woody Harrelson or Matthew McConaughey or All somebody right. along these lines in L.A. at the time. And there's the famous story about Jim Carrey writing himself a check. Um, and it shows kind of how single minded he is about about his own success, but but how kind of um, single minded he can be in general. And he certainly was about this role. He had he had a a a friend of his who also wanted to go for this role. And his friend didn't realize that Jim Carrey was also going for it. And he said to his friend, you shouldn't have to audition for this role. You're a, you're a big time <laughs> actor. You shouldn't be you, you like you, you absolutely don't go for that audition. And the reason he said that was because he, he didn't want to the... compete for it. Yeah. So um, uh, but essentially what, what he did was he, he had some people around to his house, the people who were making the movie. Yeah. He said, "Sit down, make yourself comfortable." And on the telly, he actually had um, some of o- some of Andy Kaufman's old kind of footage play, yeah. play, play, playing on on the on the television. And it was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm doing do, doing a bit of research." You can see, and they're like, "Okay, Jim, right, <laughs> and, working hard, yeah. yeah, working hard, Grant." And he went off to like get some drinks or do bits and pieces, and said, uh, "Thank, like, uh, just bear with me." Took took longer than expected. Um, came came back eventually, and and was like, "What well, what do you guys think?" And like, well, "What do, what do you mean?" And it's like, "Of of my audition tape." And so, well, you you haven't showed it to us yet. And it's like, "No, you've 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 just been watching us." And that was that was you. That that was that was that was not Andy Kaufman. He had recreated all of the sets. <laughs> he had staged a um. A, a, a re-performance of all of these um, bits yeah that, that Andy Kaufman had done like incredible he had travelled yeah. to New York to use the Saturday Night Live wow. set right. and like got, got what's his name uh, Lauren from, Michaels Lauren Michaels uh, in on it and everything wow to, to produce it that's pretty amazing so like and 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 I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen Man on the Moon. You have. Yeah, it's it's a good film. He's 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 tremendous in it. The problems of the film are not his performance. Exactly, and I I think you have to recognize when when a performance is is that committed. Exactly. I, I just think it's a. I just think it's a good. And performance. I think he's. I think, a, the I think he's. A, he's. I think. He's a terrific actor. Yeah, I think this and the Truman Show are. I'm, are I'm alone in thinking that. Oh, you are alone in thinking that, Andrew. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, why are you sorry? I'm being a complete another douchebag. But um, I like him a may, bro. But uh, here's here's one of the things. Apparently, there was some friction on set between um, Kerry and Gondry because apparently Kerry kept improvising, um, and Gondry was apparently quite frustrated with that. Um, because he's a comedian, he wanted to to develop the role of Joel and kept changing his lines. When I told him not to, he felt like I was trying to stop his creativity and became annoyed. I just asked him to trust me that I wasn't trying to make him look bad. In the end, he did. And it was funny because when we were editing the film, I used some of his lines when they were better than Charlie's. 
And then there's Kate Winslet as... Well, that's, that's a really kind of a strange statement to make. Because it's like, he kept improvising lines, and I told him not to, so he stopped. But you know what? I was right. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I told and, him to stop and, so that I could edit in his And line. also, I, I even... <laughs> like, he, he said... And presumably he he stopped he stopped improvising in spite of the fact that when he actually went to edit the movie he, he used, used a lot it. of the improvised dialogue. Never in that statement <laughs> is he admitting that he was wrong. He yeah. was just saying, I, "I I was so right. I was so right, and he was so wrong." And, and you can tell it from the way that I annoyed, edited. Yeah. Even though he was wrong. Yeah. And you can tell from the way I ended it, which was right. Yeah. By yeah. The way. He had he had he had he had nothing to 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 be annoyed about because I actually gave him his little trinkets yeah. because they were better than what I had written, <laughs> yeah. or than what Charlie had written, um, not what I had directed. But yes, yeah, so, and what about Winslet as Clementine, actually? Because we, we don't really spend much time with the real Clementine. Um, no. We mostly spend time inside Joel's head. And despite that, she's very well formed. And, and she's terrific as well, because there's an awful lot um, that Kate Winslet needs to do in this. And she, for, for, she, she's, she's an emotionally unstable and impulsive character. Yeah. So there's an awful lot of range required to play her. There's also um, scenes where she plays um, characters who are not herself. Yeah. There are scenes where she plays uh, Joel's... Um, version of her. M- m- yeah, well, Joel's, Joel's version of friend. her. Joel's mother's friend. Uh, Joel's, Joel's childhood, childhood friend. friend. Yeah. And that, 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 all of those steps require further range. Yeah. And, and, and each, yeah. each, each time more is required of Kate Lincident in this movie. She just delivers. She really does. And this was one of the things, like we're talking about how the film was sort of important in the context of 2004, but it was also, she credits it as one of the films that sort of established her range dramatically for American audiences. Because to that point, she'd been primarily like the young British girl in Titanic. Um, and she'd been in, say, stuff like that one about the, the, the dangerous or heavenly creatures and stuff like that. So for her, that was she was quite a while back. That was, yeah. that was, that was, that was, that wasn't, wasn't that, um, in the late nineties, wasn't that Peter Jackson? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. So like, like that, that was, that was introducing Kate Winslet as. Yeah. But she was saying basically that after, after the success of Titanic and stuff, she had difficulty like identifying herself as more than just that British girl who does period films. Uh, and she's talking about how when she did it on Sunshine, it sort of it opened up people's eyes to, to what she could do as a performer. And she's saying that if she hadn't done that, she doesn't think she would have got later roles or whatever. So she's... But yeah, no, I think she's she's fantastic. And I mean, everybody's fantastic in the film. I mean, and let's talk about Peter. Let's, sorry, not Peter. Let's talk about Patrick. Creepy, creepy Patrick, as played by Elijah Wood. And by the way, to be, to be clear on this, he was in the middle of doing Lord of the Rings at this this point, which was like the biggest franchise in in the world. Yeah. And it's like, so we have this role we'd like you to look at, Elijah. And it's like, okay. It's uh, sort of like a, it's like a weird sci-fi romance. It's like, yeah. Uh, you'd be playing an important character. Yeah. You'd be stealing Kate Winslet's underwear. Uh, okay. Uh, you'd be imper- stealing from Jim Carrey and pretending to steal his life. You're in, 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 in that Imagine conversation, you're, you're, giving, you're giving Elijah a lot of credits. I mean, I'll, Elijah, putting you on blast. This, uh, this, this is you dropping the mask. 
and really channeling your 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 inner creep yeah i actually really i like elijah wood because he does stuff like this because he did he did like sin city remember Sin City? oh absolutely at the same time which was like you were looking at frodo baggins was was what most of the world knew him as at that point yeah and it's just like okay i don't i always saw him as north (laughs) i'm sorry andrew no wonder you're putting him on blast. No wonder all this anger at <laughs> Elijah Woods. I liked North. You liked North? I liked North. I was a child. I liked it. I was one of the few people who... Li- I was alone in liking it. Yeah, I think you may actually have been alone <laughs> in liking it. As opposed to that fake alone that I was. But I, I think actually... I think, and I think he's great in the role. And I think... I, what I really like about the film is when you watch it again, obviously that's... I love how skillfully and obvious the film is in hiding Patrick's identity repeatedly in the first 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. So the bit where he's, where Joel sees her with, uh, well, the bit where he's, he's ringing her, he's talking to her, but the bit where Joel sees her at the store at Barnes and Noble yeah. with, her, with her new younger boyfriend and the face is so horribly awkwardly concealed. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's because he's seen, uh, he's seen Joel. Yeah. That he's hiding like this. And, and the, the, um, there's also uh, when 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 he knocks on the window of Joel's car, completely out of context. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> what, what, are, what are you doing here? It's like, huh? Yeah. What what are you? What? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. What's, what's going on? Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, that's a fantastic exchange because it's so confusing. For, yeah. for Joel and of course it is and it's confusing for the audience watching it for the first time and to be it's fair like, it's also conf- is that Elijah Wood <laughs> yeah. it's also confusing for Patrick to be fair because yeah, he thought yeah. he'd taken care of this yeah 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 <laughs> he, he thought he was free to creep on her however he damn well pleased it, it's like he knocked on the window and he opened it up and it's like hey I've got a girlfriend oh wait hold on you're, you're <laughs> who are you yeah. what, what you're are the you guy whose life I'm stealing yeah <laughs> I just thought I would tell a random person that I have a girlfriend because I, I don't think because I, mentioned I have enough. a girlfriend yeah. I don't think I mentioned it enough you know I have a girlfriend right yeah yeah she's 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 kind of like my girlfriend yeah yeah um, my girlfriend like yeah, she's just she, like she 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 likes me as a boyfriend because she's my my, my girlfriend. Um, but yeah, Elijah Wood is, is really just great in this. Um, yeah, and that's another 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 reason why 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 I have some modicum of 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 sympathy for Elijah Wood because probably in the in in the lead up to well Darren can tell you better than I can but probably in the lead up to this uh podcast when when it was supposed to be a double date it was like oh it's fine I'll I'll just get my girlfriend to come <laughs> and you you can get your date and I'll get my girlfriend so are you saying I'm Stan in this analogy? Like Stan, Stan was dating Mary. Was dating sort of. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't. I, I do I'm, like. I do. I admire the fact that you cast me as the least creepy person in this film. Still creepy, but the least creepy person. You know, I'm, 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 I'm just simply not creep. Tweet, tweet, tweet at me. Let, let Andrew, let Andrew know how not creepy. Let me he is. know that whether I'm not a creep. Is that Jack Nicholson we're doing here? Um, is it? Or Richard Nixon? I am not a creep. It's it's difficult to 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 um to say something without without it being interpreted as some kind of a reference to something or I mean, or, or a film. And in, in, yeah. this is what talking with Darren is like. It's yeah, like, yeah. That's a reference it's to like, a film, right? Yeah, yeah. His 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 memory banks are, are, are just are, filled with film and television yeah, references. Searching through, and it's like reference not found. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, there have been conversations where Andrew has made non sequiturs, and I, I've acknowledged that I don't get well, the reference. Well, what's what's that a reference to? It's not a reference. It's a, it's just a thing <laughs> that I from said. my head. Yeah, I had an original thought. Damn it! Just uh, uh, it's also worth noting we talked a little bit about the direction. Speaking of things amazing. that are references, it just occurs to me that um, spoiler zone is 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 a reference to something else as well so anybody who likes that or dislikes it just know that it's not original yeah um anyway really Andrew. <laughs> yeah borrowing the, the the music from the kenny loggins classic that's not what it is danger zone no the 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 no no uh, that's not what it's a reference to no, this is I gonna bother was... you forever. Now. It is because I th- See, that was what I was making a reference to the one thing. Reference monster. Yeah, I was making a reference to one thing. You were making a reference to another thing. Well, it yeah, can be yeah. Two I mean, it's it, that's it's like it's like James Joyce's Ulysses. Did you just there's, like there's, lacuna me? There's, there's there's just references uh, references everywhere. You, you know, Darren, it's 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 like uh, it's like Deputy Dog. You know, Deputy Dog, right? No. Oh, it's oh my darling, oh my darling. Oh. You, you 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 must know that. You, That's Huckleberry you, Hound. <laughs> the, uh, Darren jumping off of this bit, <laughs> like like Kate Winslet on the Titanic. Um, <laughs> no room on this floating door. No, no. Um, <laughs> physics are for wimps. Just suck it in, Leo. Excellent. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Grant, will, will we wrap it up? I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah, for for our listeners, thank you so much for for tuning in on Valentine's Day. At this point, uh, and for listening as well, because this is very this is a very rambly one, and this yeah. is consciously a very rambly one. At this point, I imagine you've 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 finished your your bottle of whiskey. Before you go, we're just gonna do 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 a few things that that's, that that we do at the end of each podcast. What so do we do, Andrew? At the end of each we, podcast, we well, we we we're 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 gonna we're gonna do some plugs. We're gonna talk about maybe where 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 this movie is in 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 the two fifty and and whether it belongs to to be in the list. I think we agree it does. We can talk about how whether where it is and and where it is relative to whether uh, whether we want it to be whether, whether in our two fifty it would be higher or or, or lower, lower, right? So in terms of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, it's currently at number eighty five. So b- bear bear with us. I know you're having a bad day, but but we're going to brighten it up with this list. Yeah, nothing makes people happier than lists, Sandra. So it's currently about eighty five, which places it below double indemnity and above to kill a mockingbird. I hope there aren't actually any happy people listening to our podcast. On Valentine's Day. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. I think it's the happy like, people on Valentine's Day have better things to be doing. I, I would hope so. I, I, I hope somebody with some some idiot hasn't decided that, you know what? For our date. <laughs> for, for our, our date, Valentine's we're going to listen to a podcast. It's these two guys. They're very upbeat. They're, you'll love yeah. them. I've um, I've tried that before with 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 girlfriends. It's like, hey, there's this thing that I like. Um, why can't you like it? Yeah, and it's like it's okay. I'll I'll play it. It, it just takes uh, an hour and a half. <laughs> but don't worry, it's fantastic. You'll love it. Yeah, but it, and, it's... and then as soon as they fall asleep, it's like you're falling asleep. <laughs> How can you not love this? <laughs> so in terms of like, it's uh, below Amelie, for example, Requiem for a Dream, Clockwork Orange, Taxi Driver, Lawrence of Arabia, Dumb Indemnity, etc. It's above films like. Inglorious Bastards, which we've covered, Toy Story, Singing in the Rain, uh, Tazamon Space Opera, uh, Space Odyssey, uh, The Sting, My Father and My Son, Amadeus, and Amadeus, Amadeus, and- Amadeus. Oh, 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 Amadeus. What? Yes. Hold on, wait. Is Toy Story 3 above Toy Story? Yes. Oh, okay. And I would argue it deserves to be. Yeah, it's just an interesting kind of 
placing for 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 the third movie in a trilogy to be higher than the the first one. Yeah. I mean, I suspect like stuff like The Dark Knight Rises is higher than Batman Begins, for example. Um, well, that's probably a recency bias and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. All right. But, uh, yeah, so in I terms of... I don't expect you to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on your schedule. So, how would you rate it in the shadow of the spotter's mind? I was born in the shadows. You were merely raised in them. You can do this at home, folks. Yeah. Uh, tweet, 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 tweet. Tweet your best friend. Yeah, there's no such thing as Vine anymore, but... So, Andrew, how would you rate Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I, I would I would rate this um, per... I would say that perhaps where it is, I'm happy enough with. Lo- looking looking at the context of some of the things around us, I, like, generally with these things, uh, I'm not going to agree with everything. But I would actually say, and this might be controversial, I would say that Amelie is better. I'd like to see it again to see if I to see if I like it I as am much. Not a big fan but of it, it'll always mean a lot to me for Aww. sentimental reasons. And uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind will, would mean less. Um, and probably, yeah, that, that was that was that was that was that was a, 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 a momentary gl- glimpse into the soft center of 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 of, of Andrew, was it? Oh, you really touch my soft spot, Andrew. Um, but yes, um, I would actually, interestingly enough, I would argue that um, I never touched his soft spots. To be clear, I did not touch <laughs> that <laughs> hot spot. That hot spot. <laughs> my like, Wi-Fi hot spot. Indeed, I did touch that hot spot, <laughs> but I did not touch the soft spot. Um, but yeah, no. And actually, interestingly enough, I'm. Would it make my two fifty? possibly maybe but i i think it would fight for space among kaufman's other scripts so i i'd much rather see adaptation in there which isn't in there I'd much rather see anomalisa in there that isn't in there like i cut it for other collaborations or other sort of work of 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 kaufman's and i love it very much yeah but yeah. but i would like I, that would be sort of my hard line which i think is one of the first times i've actually said maybe no to a film yeah me, 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 really well i don't know um, yeah, I mean, I, well, Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> um, let's yeah. go back to Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is always the answer. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I was always surprised that Lawnmower Man Two was 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 was, was wasn't in a sub list, below, <laughs> below the, the one hundred. No, no, Kellogg was much worse. Yes, but anyway, so I think that sort of wraps it up, does it? Yeah. Are are we? Are we're not. We're no. We've 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 decided. I think what we're going to do next. Do we? Do yeah. we? Do we want to um, warm that up for the listener? Do well, we want to give anything away? Well, next week we are doing. So this one was for Andrew. Uh, this one was we, we did about Valentine's Day. for Andrew. We did a Valentine's this is, this, this, Two guys die some, alone. Something that 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 was suggested to me that I suggested to you. And well, we're not I, blaming yeah, I, your your ex girlfriend. No, this no, 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 um, this, no. This was something that we both agreed to. We did. Isn't and, that right, Darren? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, it is also. Um, well, next week we are doing something that I suggested that we both agreed to, uh, which is we're going to talk about the first film that's not actually on any of the IMDb lists at the time we're discussing. You know, it. we had we had actually decided not to do it, and yeah. then and then and then I um, I said no. Let's actually do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, 
Perhaps because I constantly bugged you about it and was none too subtle in my hinting. But we're going to talk about you, Moonlight. You were subtle in your hinting to the extent that I didn't get it. Completely. Okay. Really? F- com- yeah. Like, like you, you, when I was you, constantly mentioning You wanted it? to round it around. You wanted to round it out and you were like kind of, um, oh, we've done the other four. Let's do the fifth one. And I was like, yes, but not for that reason. <laughs> I like that. And yeah, like, yeah. You, I, I, will, I will agree. I will give you what you want. <laughs> to what you want. But, but I will not But not for the reasons I, I <laughs> that, not, that, that you want not, me to accept. I will not offer you the validation of agreeing to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, every decision, uh, like, like it's, it's with a married couple. Yeah, like I'm you, doing you, it because You have I to let to the it. other partner believe that, they, that, that they're part of the decision-making But process. not the whole thing. No. I'm making this decision because you, you I want to You want to make the decision for them, but make them feel like they've made it themselves or been in part of it yeah um so what we're talking about is we're going to talk about moonlight which was on the 250 and dropped out um, yeah but which is one of the five best director nominees this year and as such is one of the big pictures that's in discussion for winning the the best picture oscar yeah and and the reason i wanted to do it is because i was in i was intrigued by it and i was suspecting that that it was that it went in justly and went out unjustly. Not that there's any justice or injustice in 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 the, the making of Liz. The two fifty is no place for love, Andrew. No, no. Um, I I I suspected. Um, I suppose I suspect that 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 Moonlight is perhaps a movie that that's uh, that might deserve to be in. Now right. I'm 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 willing to be to be to be. Well, you can find out next week. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you can follow Andrew on Twitter at A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. You can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney. You can follow the podcast at The 250. You can listen to us on Stitcher, on iTunes. Please subscribe. Give us nice ratings. Leave reviews. If you like it, tell everybody. If you don't like it, tell us. Yeah. If, if, you're, if, you're, having, if you're having a good day, then you're probably not listening to this podcast. And if you aren't, we hope we made it better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one, one, one last thing, and I might ask Darren to put it in the show notes. Bob Duca's uh, Valentine's Day. It's it's very short, and it's, it's, it's it includes the, the 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 lyrics of a song, and I find it a funny and touching um, way to mark Valentine's Day, especially when you're alone. All right, take it easy, guys. See ya.